This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as always i'm never alone sir please introduce yourself i am your phantom zone tour guide gregory thomas aka gt rebirth gt rebirth is here in studio with phantom zone uh flyers and brochures because we are taking a deep dive into one of the uh most Misunderstood, probably, members of the Superman family. Please check your bags and sanity at the door. <laughs> yes, because we are going to be chopping it up for the 35th anniversary of the 1984 film Supergirl, starring oh, Helen Slater. Yes. I just thought we were doing this to torture me. Well, the thing is, in general, <laughs> there's been a lot going on. Let's, let's, let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping off the top. Good housekeeping. First of all, last week was i am hyped up on monster <laughs> last week was incredible uh and incredibly taxing both new york comic-con and joker coming out i got um, sick yes and <laughs> weather weather becoming bananas i did not get sick but upcoming right after being able to i it's like the lord kept me healthy enough to <laughs> put out the joker review but literally the day after the review comes out for joker for major issues i get i fall really really sick um, and I guess in a weird, uh, sociopathic way, I wanted you to feel that same pain. Ah. And so it, it became important that we covered 1984's, uh, Supergirl. You don't understand, George. I stood out in the rain on Thursday for an hour and a half Madness. because I had to get on the one line to get in. And then I found out my card was messed up. So I had to get on another line to get the card fixed. Uh, and then they let me in, that which, by the way, was fun because the woman who starts, she, she's doing not she's at the computer. She's doing her clicking and the clacking, clicking and clacking. And she thinks right. she has it done. I, I give her all the information and everything that happened. And she goes to scan. She goes to scan my card thinking she's got it fixed. And it still says invalid. She goes, OK. She goes back to clicking and clacking, pulls a completely different card, scans it. It says valid, hands it to me. Wow. I was like, couldn't we have just done that? Yeah, that's... Uh, I guess she was just over it at that point. <laughs> she was just over it. I stood here the whole time for you to just basically validate another card and say, just go. That's it. <laughs> Comic-Con can get kind of tricky, man. Like you said, um, it was it was incredibly uh, rainy and dark and, and wet and dreary. Uh, and I had also year. not slept because I had done an overnight that night and yes. went straight to Comic-Con from work. Oh, my gosh madness and so not only that we had a really uncharacteristically warm beginning of this fall yeah um where it almost seemed like the summer did not want to go away and then overnight summer just knocks on the door regardless of whether or not we wanted to or not and now it's freezing i think they said that was the other weird thing because i wasn't prepared for the weather so like 
the night I left my house to go to my overnight shift was warm, like high, like maybe low mid eighties. Okay. Next day, sixty something raining. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so I've been I've been here all uh, hopped up on Vicks and all kinds of cough drops, trying to get <laughs> trying to get through, trying to get you guys some content. For the ma- yeah, for the major issues podcast. Um, and initially, when I put this on the schedule, it was because of the 35th anniversary. Like I said, yes. In rewatching this film, this film is definitely you know it deserves its own various forms of discussion because of there's there's just a lot of questionable decisions being made Oish. from the very beginning of this. Um, but I guess if we're going to talk Supergirl in general, what is your background on the character? Can you remember when you first were introduced to the character, when you first started to like the character, and what are the things in general you think that endear you about that character uh, now in 2019? Um, first time is probably Superman the Animated Series. Okay. Uh, she was just like, I, and I can't even remember the episode she was in, but they introduce her at some point on that show and she's just like, uh, I guess the, the, the girl who crashes to the planet and it was sort of this, oh, this is, uh, wow, this is my cousin and like, I'm not alone. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, what endeared her to me later on as an adult, uh, when I finally got beyond the idea that she's just sort of the, uh, gender swapped version of superman which you see a lot like it, it, it was a thing you got sort of um engendered to right yeah. that was the uh, the batman had his Batgirl, superman had the supergirl you know what i mean uh the families of of these characters yeah and 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 all sorts of characters get these uh sort of female sidekicks or copycats of them uh the green arrow had one at some point like, like these things happen you know we 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 create a girl version of a popular character so that the girls have someone to um, pay attention to. Yeah. It gets real weird at some point and, and bad. <laughs> what got my attention with Supergirl as a character was the idea that she is the... Where Superman is the triumph of the immigrant story, she is the tragedy of it. Yeah. So, uh... Clark is a baby saved from his dying planet and is allowed to grow like through sheer luck is allowed to grow a a a, a wholesome well-balanced lifestyle that taught him good values and all sorts of things. We know how you like to rant on about Parkent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But um uh, you know and he he is he is blessed to grow up a good decent man that would become you know the hero and savior of of the planet several different times. Kara Zor-El gets to be the tragedy of that immigration story because Clark only gets to learn about the history he left behind in in books and yes and te- and ancient texts. Right. Supergirl was there. Yes. She lived it. She had friends. She, she had technology beyond um what we understand and 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 intelligence beyond what we understand and she has to relegate her and and recalibrate her whole life to this new world because the one she remembers is gone yeah and that's also a comparison people make when they compare martian manhunter to um superman right this idea that like wow yes you are alien and yes you come from somewhere else you were you know for all intents and purposes raised human yes you were raised with human ideals you were raised in a human uh, society 
you learn human rules. All of your memories of begin human. Yes. Um, where Kara now has to readjust. She speaks Kryptonian. Yes. You know, that's that's like that's like the and a, and a particular and a particularity that they make on it is that she speaks she speaks uh conversationally Kryptonian. Yeah. Clark learned it from a book. Right. Clark learned how to say the words. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She'll know the colloquialisms and yes. stuff like that. Um she's she puts also the sentences together very <laughs> and also because of where they come from, she's extremely smart and intelligent when it comes to things like science, mm-hmm. um, which relegate her, you know, to kind of um, – it puts you in an odd position when you're trying to blend in with everybody here. Right. And you're trying to turn on a, a gas stove, you know, when yeah. you know how to do a, a photon, you know, right. food he- reheater or whatever the heck. And, and, and like, like the the – how do you say? The uh, uh, the pre- these, these prehistoric people use – uh, radiation to heat up their food. <laughs> what was um? <laughs> what was the in in show reason for Supergirl showing up on that on uh, Superman? Do you remember? I don't honestly. I I think he just. I think they just did the pod thing. Yeah, the second pod. But I don't particularly remember what episode it was and how it went. I just remember that my first inkling of the character was that animation style and that show. Yeah, because Supergirl to me, man, to be honest, that was a hard sell. The character, the, the character overall. To me, was a hard sell because it felt like um, sitcom-y. Hmm. It felt like this property isn't working, so we're gonna bring in the cool cousin, right, to come in, wear the shades, and do this stuff. And um, at the Supergirl that was in the like the animated series at the time, and even in some of the comics, was a kind of like edgier, mm-hmm. like the clothes were a bit edgy, and the, and. Or maybe I'm just gonna She's rock a, hip a t-shirt. Teenager. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm just gonna rock a tee. Um, and so I was like, it, you know, it was Godzuki. She's a bit '90s extreme. Guts. That's exactly what it is. It was Godzuki. It was Scrappy Doo to me. You know, they <laughs> may have hour. been in. They may have been in continuity, but to me, it was just an offshoot character mm-hmm. when the OG character got too boring. Right. And the thing that made me even angrier is Where's I Godzuki felt Godzuki from. Uh, he's Godzilla's. The baby Godzilla. Oh, oh yes. Okay, I never knew the name. I sh- okay, yes, yeah, that Godzuki. stupid thing. Right. Godzilla and Godzuki. Right. Um, yes. So, yeah. There's like three listeners. My right kaiju, now. Like, my kaiju friends are very upset at me right now. Yes, there's like three listeners right now, like totally in on that reference. But um, I want to wring my neck for not knowing it. That's it. But um, the, I don't apologize. That's another big part <laughs> of it that that didn't sit well with me is that not only are we gonna add this. This um, Scrappy Doo, yes, to Superman's you know family of characters, but in doing so, we are retconning almost the most identifiable part of his origin story, which is he's the last survivor of this planet, right? And to retcon that to be like, oh, but there was totally somebody else, and she's on her way, right? Felt very corny to me, um, and so I I kept a, a, a relative distance mm-hmm. away from that character. Uh, for and quite I don't some blame time. you because from on the surface it, it just seems like a cheap thing. But then Melissa Benoit showed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but then 2015 came and uh, a series developed by Ali Adler, Greg Belanti, and Andrew Kreisberg uh, resurf or surfaced for the first time and premiered in October 26 of 2015. That is Supergirl starring uh, Melissa Benoist and. Um, I watched it with arms crossed. I watched it to be told this story of of Kara for the first time. I was giving it a chance in the sense that 
I didn't know much about the character, so there wasn't much I was going to be watching going, oh, that's not true. Or, which, that's which, not is, which is a benefit in its own right because you you go in with a clear slate and it's like, give me what you're going to give me. Right. Exactly. Um, it, it's, it's almost like um, I know nothing. Make me interested in this. But I feel like this, the film that we're about to cover, this show, um, and obviously different properties that we've t- tackled here in the past, bring up a question, right? Sure. If a character doesn't necessarily have mainstream appeal, at what point do we take liberties to change the character to fit in the mainstream? Should we ever? Um, and, you know, when when do those liberties stop? Because um, I got really onto this Supergirl television series, but yes. obviously it was its own iteration of Supergirl, um, probably uncomparable to anything else that had been around, you know, like the putting Jimmy there, Jimmy Olsen there and making him like a love interest at one point, mm-hmm. Cat Grant moving it over, making it not a newspaper, but a worldwide media conglomerate, mm-hmm. all those kind of little things there, um, were their flourishes to get this over in this era. We also created a family. Yes. And they had to do this in the, to follow suit in the comics as well. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm asking is, is Supergirl, the character better for those changes being made literally, what, four years, four, from a show four years ago? Right. Then, then sticking to the things that created her 40 years ago. What do you fit up? What do you sit on that whole thing? Um, I think if there is something to be gained from those changes, you make them. Uh, if there's something that any outside medium adds that is gainful, you go with it. Yeah. If, if, if you think at any point that that is the wrong way to go, you do not, you clearly don't like Harley Quinn or you're a hypocrite. Yes. Right, right. You know, if you don't think that that is the right thing to do when somebody else, when another medium does something successfully and not to add it, you don't like Mr. Freeze. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or you, or you just are ignorant to the idea of the fact that those things did not come from the books. Um, those things that you know to be synonymous now with these characters and or with their lore or uh, it, rogues gallery or however you want to put it, right? Yes. Because uh, like Jack Napier kills the Waynes. And right. And everyone loves that movie, in, in, in even though nine. that's not correct. Right. But I think, and I think if you, I think if you're a kind of, if you're the person who, I've seen this argument before where people were like, well, Blah 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 blah. There are people now who still think that the Joker killed Bruce Wayne's parents because of that movie. I'm like, well, those people yeah. were never going to buy comic books, so it doesn't matter what they think. There was probably <laughs> people who um, thought that Spider-Man actually shot organic webs out. Right, and and I mean, I admit, I thought so. I I, I thought so too. But I I had forgotten the cartoon had had web shooters. Right, right, right. Yeah. By that point, but. But in your like what you were saying in that instance to them it just made more sense it, to them it, it was an easier thing to hand wave away. Yes, it was like we could sit here and try to t- explain this to you for thirty minutes, or we could just say he can do it. Right, you know, and they had to do that with. And most of the movie going audience will not care. Yes, and so they had to do that with Kara, um, and so we get the the introduction where it's like, you know, I, I was sent as a child as an older child, mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, basically an escort uh, for my cousin Clark. And, uh, you know, Krypton's destruction, so they send the ship to Earth. My ship gets knocked into the Phantom Zone, or like a black hole or something? 
Um, was it the Phantom Zone? There were, uh, there were a few iterations of it. There's, I think there's one that I think there's one that ends up in the Phantom Zone for a bit and escapes later. I think there's one that just gets knocked off course and ends up kind of orbiting the sun for a bit. Yes. Um, the one they do in Batman Superman where they bring Kara back is there is a there is a a yellow sun thing inside the pod. Yes. And it ends and it falls in Gotham Bay. Oh, okay. Uh, that 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 was one of the stuff I was reading coming into the episode. There are the three Karas. Yes. <laughs> there is the very first origin back way, way and that's back. The, is that the Argo origin? Because that's another big part of this character is that when um I forget I couldn't when get Krypton that book. Old books up, are a slug, man. Yeah, when when Krypton blows up, a, one city is left. Yeah. Um, and they dome it, and it's it's the city of Argo, and that's the uh, city that Kara Zor El lives on. But even the bottle city of Kandor has two different origins. Right. Because in one ca- in one sense, it was like they bottled themselves up to protect themselves from. In one of them, was didn't isn't that where she came from? Wasn't yeah. then they re big up Kandor and she was on it or whatever. Uh, I think they do that later. Uh, I did the the bottle city of Kandor. I know <laughs> is. Me. The Bottle City of Kandor, where he bottles it because he's a douchebag. <laughs> right, right, right. He likes to keep uh, souvenirs. Yes. Right. So, like, that's the Bottle City of Kandor I know where she escapes where She uh, escapes that. Yeah. So, it's it's all uh, Kandor and Argo City, and, like, that, that stuff gets real dicey. I don't think we've touched Kandor or Argo um, in the Supergirl show. Where do they go when she wants to stay there? When she wants to stay where? She there's there's a few episodes where she gets to go off for a little while and like I think she goes with Mon L and she meets her Oh, or she meets her mom and Yes. Stuff? You're right, that is somewhere. I'm not familiar. I think that's Argo City. Okay. That would make sense. But I also like, the, they did like a weird flashback, remember? Where she yeah. went to uh uh Krypton. Yeah. So there's also one version of Argonian City where it's like it's not really Kryptonian, but it's a Kryptonian like uh how do you say colony? Yes, yes. Right. It's wild, man. We got a lot of con- <laughs> it's a lot of versions of this character that they have tried to make work for a very long time. Yeah, and I this this version I would say is the most tied in with um the actual situations going on in the world. Hmm. Supergirl, the show, yes. has been praised and criticized. Both. Yes. Do you do for... you remember? Do you remember the crap it got for the original trailer? I don't actually. I don't. In two thousand, that's two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. The um, original trailer came out, and it is advertised in the sense where you like you don't get too much of the typical Supergirl casting, but like you get the. The fight song thing that they like to play. I okay. think that's Kelly Clarkson. I don't know. I, they, they, that was in the trailer. I think all all these. I've always a found lot of that these, song to be a little bit on the nose. All these female artists sound the same to me. I've always felt like, and you know, like uh, this is it's a good. Song. It's a, it's. I definitely see it's it's inspiration. It's a catchy nature. tune. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes it gets. It, but like it gets a little bit long in the tooth. But like they, uh, the advertisement pretty much plays her uh, plays it up as like. It's, this is just as much a girl coming out as the superhero she feels she's meant to be, but also, you know, this girl's everyday life. 
Yes. Which, in the typical wrappings of what an advertisement co- comes to be, comes with a level of whimsical music yes. and a little bit of silliness and like, some clumsiness. Like that skit they do in SNL of the Black Widow. That was the exact comedy. thing they compared it to because the Black Widow skit had come out weeks before it. Yeah, yeah. Where so like, they were always yeah. they were almost too close together. Right. So it was like the, even even the Flash in all its whimsical nature has a level of danger to it. Right. And definitely Arrow does. You know, we spoke about that. Uh, we chopped it up about the Arrow um, two weeks ago. Right. But so it was like, and it, it's that weird thing because it's really no different than the other than the other shows where it's a lot of the characters real life and a lot of the heroics. Yeah. But because it's got that, that twang of that female um, whimsy and like, sort of clumsily getting their way through life and love and all that sorts of thing. Right. Like, it came off a certain way where, yeah, it got it got com- directly compared to that Black Widow parody. Ouch. That can't be good. So people already went into it kind of negatively because, oh, no, girl things. <laughs> that's, none of that, none of that's great. And it, um, it was a big deal when this show came out because, again, I don't think that the property itself is bulletproof. I don't think it's one of those things that's like, oh, this is definitely going to work. Right. It's definitely going to sell. But they've tried to, I feel like on multiple occasions, even Smallville and stuff, keep this character afloat. So there is, like, some interest in what this character, on you know, of the success this character can end up mm-hmm. having, but not enough faith to weave narrative around her. Right. The, I guess 2015 would be the first the first time. I think, But I also think 2015 was the first time we were just like, um, let's really work on making Supergirl, like, the strong lead. Yes. Because Instead she's... Instead of a side character. Like, right. right. Like a, she's always adjacent to Superman or adjacent to somebody else. Right. Or put on, like, a the smaller team. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, and yeah, it was, it was interesting because I do think that majority of those characters... Flash is... A household name, but I don't think people were going as hard as they were when they were able to dive into a narrative where it's just about him. Right. Not his, not his job in the Justice League, right. but just about him. Right. Um, and in doing that, they were they've been masterful in being able to hang a lamp right over just one hero, and in just seeing Carl's point of view. Now to do this, there was a lot of like um, hoops they had to jump through to get rid of Superman. Right. Like Superman existed on this Earth in this show 2015 uh where Kara Zor-El um you know her pod was knocked off to the side or whatever and she's eventually come back we've established that Superman exists yes and when he exists it brings two problems one like you said she becomes a sidekick two if Superman's around why doesn't he just fix everything right so er very early on they had to find a way to get him away from there they do it in the movie as well because it's the only time you're ever going to be able to put a spotlight on Kara yes um when did you start realizing that you, that this show was something that you that you liked, that you um, and that this character was somebody that you um, at least were tolerant of? Um, I was interested. I was interested when they announced it. Honestly, okay. like I was on board once I found out there was a Supergirl show. Yeah. Because I was, I, I was sort of starred for anything at that point too. Yeah. Because like we've got a torrid history when it comes to Superman adaptations. Right. You know. To most of the world, it has only worked once. Yeah. And that was in, like, the 70s. And Superman-themed television shows almost always work. To a degree, yes. Like, I have a 
I have a vague memory of Lo- of the Superman's uh, The Adventures of Lois and Clark. Yeah, you had Smallville that lasted ten years. Uh, whether you like it or not, somebody hey, liked it. Hey, Smallville with a passion, but yes, somebody a lot of it. obviously it, it did something well to get two hundred some odd episodes of ten seasons. Yeah, and then a comic book extension. That's it. Anime, the Superman animated series. So Superman's property works, um, but it was going to be. The testing ground to see whether or not a female-led Superman-ish esque mm-hmm. property um, would be able to be left off the ground, but yeah, which, well, in a way, is kind of what the CW specializes in. Yeah, yeah. other esque characters. But it was also kind of conf- not confusing, but I guess worrisome because it wasn't going to be in the same umbrella as all the other ones because it was on CBS at the time. That never bothered me, but that was also because I hadn't started watching any of them. Right. I guess it all depends on where, where you start off from. Yes. It'd be like if you found that Black Lightning was on Freeform, but still in the Arrow. You know what I'm Like around right. the Arrowverse. Right. It's like, yeah, guy, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> you know? like, I well, guess- I mean, that's not much different than Cloak and Dagger. Basically. Uh, yeah. And the Runaways, which yeah. now have a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like cute. You two exist in your own tiny little universe so you now. might as well play together. If Which is, by the way, the only one that gets to ign- the only one that acknowledges the Netflix universe. Yeah, because uh, Cloak is inspired by Luke Cage. Apparently, he says on, they, they have rocks on there, which was also in uh, a lot of those um, right. Netflix shows. Uh, but yeah, when was it? When was it? Uh, what episode? What moment do you remember? I just i i liked i liked the pilot. Yeah, and I was pilot. just like, okay, I'm on board. Uh, she like she's been. She's been playing human all her life in, like, uh... And that that's the interesting thing, too. Like, Kara is constantly playing human. <laughs> yes. You know, Superman is human and has also, uh... How do you say? He, he has embraced that Superman identity as well. Yeah. He is very much both of them as one. I think right. he had, like, you, you could argue there was a period of time where he had to learn how to become Superman, but... You never get that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you just get he's Superman. He already knows how to be Superman. Also, he grew up here, so he's also very much, a, you know, as human as anyone else. You know, it is. Uh, it was always the analog between him and Lex Luthor. Anyway, human yeah. Lex Luthor lacks a level of humanity, and Superman has more of it than he does, despite not being one. Uh, Kara Danvers is constantly like playing human <laughs> because that is not inherently who she is and i feel like the show is benefited from the fact that we don't get her right when she gets off the pod right right what's a what's a apple we don't get all that um she's been ingratiated enough in in the humankind so what do you mean it takes three weeks for your freaking apples to grow (laughs) yes so eventually we get we still get the little cutesy fish out of water moments but it's more so somebody who's been around. They don't necessarily get everything. They're still right. a foreigner, but they, they know how to move about in this world. Um, For her, yeah, you don't get the awkward learning process. You just get the, you just get the, the tragedy of knowing that like she had a life. Yes. And that life is gone now. Forever. Although, although it, 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 she comes to the planet on the show a lot younger than she typically does yes. in the Books. She comes almost like eight or nine, where I yeah. feel like she's usually a young adult. She's a teenager. Yeah, in a lot in, of the other stuff. In the other stuff, um, because there isn't a lot of flash in the comics. There's a lot of flashbacks to young adult Kara on Krypton. Yes, where in the uh, show, 
um, she's way too young to really remember much of that. Right. And her young memories exist on Earth. Um, but I think the moment that got me and my favorite episode of the show to this day mm. is the Red Kryptonite episode. Okay. That was in season one. Is uh, that is that uh, like evil Kara? Yes. Um, oh, I guess it was because... Black suit Kara. <laughs> yes, I guess it was because at the time I didn't realize how much I had gotten used to Super Babyface Kara. Right. Um, and she was she did start to get a little bit uh, uh, goody two shoes for me. Did she? Just, like very, just literally a hair, literally a hair. So when she goes bad, it almost became John Cena. Yes. So when she goes <laughs> bad, um, and then the her reaction to her going bad, like she was crushed at the idea that she was even kind of rude to people. Right. Like that really endeared me to that character, where she felt dirty that somebody manipulated her emotions mm-hmm. that she could ever be mean. Like, that really got me like, wow, I guess she just really is legit just a great person. Like, I guess and, then, and then there's, like, like the the uh, the inner turmoil of, of the idea that, like, like, no, that wasn't a put-on. Like, that's me. And I had yeah. to deal with the fact that, like, those things are in me now, and yes. that's scary. Yep. And then instead of, like, what was meaning it, I think the next episode, and we, I think subsequently we get to the Flash episode where they they uh, do the crossover, but she gets back to like the 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 nuts and bolts of like superheroing. Like everyone hates her and can't trust her anymore. Save, gotta start saving some dogs but and kissing like, babies. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna start walking you across the street and whatever, whatever. And she talks about like people are still like dicks, mm-hmm. but I have to do this. And that was so endearing. Of like, yeah, when you mess up. People have a right to be mad at you. You know what and that reminds me of? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro. It reminds me of what I never got at the end of the cartoon. Yeah. Because the the last few episodes of the Superman cartoon is uh, Darkseid got to him, mind wiped him, or mind controlled him, whatever, and Superman, Superman establishes the nation state. Oh, gosh. That's not. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, he obviously he, he recovers from whatever fights dark side blah 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 but now like the world is still in the shambles of like the nation state he created with the superman curfews and all that stuff yeah and now he has to earn back their trust right and then the show ends that was really easy to end it that way yeah oh, so a like, convenient no. a bit convenient but um yeah i wonder why superman earned their trust back in this like seeing her re-earn everybody's trust mm-hmm. and seeing her like i she talks to barry she's like yeah, man, they all hated me. I went kind of rogue, and and Barry's like, I did that shit like last month. Like, don't <laughs> that shit happens all the time. Don't even worry about it's it. Like, yeah, I've been there. It, it, it works itself out. Um, they, I, I that was the that was the episode where I said to myself, "Oh, okay, Melissa's got some range." Yeah, that they definitely showed some chops with with all that stuff because they did they though when she t- makes that turn, she kind of does feel like a different character. Yes, she's got a different. She's got a different cadence and a different walk to her, and a different level of confidence. Yeah, um, she starts dressing differently at work. Yeah, she like gets all in James' face at the club and stuff. <laughs> she gets that girl fired at her job yep. that's being a jerk. Um, and I was all like, I was like, okay, Melissa. Like it's it's not just uh, I I can play bubbly blonde girls. Like Melissa's got some range on her. It was the first time. So in 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 the in the weird pessimistic world that we live in, sure. Um, 
it's almost more unbelievable to think that someone could be like a Superman or a Supergirl, Kara, you know, or Clark. Um, that is what people say, yes. But this show and The Flash and maybe even uh, Spider-Man 3 in a way hmm. showed how corny some of the edginess is. <laughs> right. Like, you really, do you really want it to be edgy? Look at how that looks. Right. They just become dicks. There's nothing edgy about being a dick. You're just a dick. Yeah. I get I get that that being less vulnerable, taking less chances, it uh, uh you know, that behooves you in your personal life to, right. to not to not have to ever gamble. But that's there's nothing cool about that. I actually am more endeared to Barry and Kara for their ability to be optimistic in a overly pessimistic world. Right. That doesn't make them corny to me. It gets corny to me. When they got to put on eyeshadow and fucking, you know, you know what? Well, you know what? Screw that. You know what? You guys, you and Eddie been kissing each other too much in front of me. So now I'm going to rip the door off this car and fling him into the street. I'm just in a bad mood now. (laughs) It's like, we can't all do that because we all go through through trauma. We can't all just decide when we want to, to just quit and give up and just... I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people would like to would like to believe that they can connect themselves to a character like Logan, who constantly seems invulnerable, and at the first sign of of, of problems or annoyance, he just gets on his bike and leaves. Yes, and also he's miserable because he he has no responsibility because he has no past. You know, and that's the big part people forget about. It's like, oh yeah, you'd be completely responsibility free. All you have to do is just get amnesia. Right, you'll be fine. And like, like the, his character, his character always has Sorry. like this this ability to just. Uh, George is still getting the over. Yeah, I'm still a thing, a thing, thing. I need that black mercy. Haha. <laughs> um, like Logan's also a kind of character that they, that they always play off as like he can always just go off somewhere and build a shack out of a bunch of logs, not have to pay for any property taxes, and just live off the land and be done with it all. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we got to so talk about that. So he has too. no responsibility or or even um how do you say uh commitment to anything. Yeah. And we got to talk about that responsibilities and commitments because Kara her all her sole responsibility is to make sure this baby is kept safe right. and is healthy and is protected. And when she gets to Earth at least in the series, that baby is now Superman. It's a fully grown man who has lived on the Earth. She has no job now. Right. So before, like... I was sent here with a purpose, and that purpose yeah, was taken care although of Although my me. family, you know, it might be dead or on Argo or in a bottle somewhere. Although my people might be dead or on Argo or in a bottle somewhere. I have a purpose. Now take away that. She's literally just on Earth on vacation now right. at this point. Like on permanent vacation. Right. And, and like, you, you could have gone full Zod without that purpose, but you didn't. <laughs> How'd you like them taking a lot of stuff from basically from Superman and just doing it? I expect that sort of thing. Yeah, but a- anything I, didn't didn't sit well with you? Anything that was like, eh, that's just not. Um, maybe not Superman enough, or maybe. Uh, no, like if there was, I can't remember anything that I felt like. Okay, we took a Superman villain and it didn't connect. Um, they didn't take a bunch. There's a lot of adjacencies and a lot of uh minor shifts that like I either didn't know already existed so it was hard as hell like yeah. the first season basically takes Nan and it plays him like Zod yes but it's not like this is Zod 
Right. It's just a Zod-like character. Yes. You know, it, it, it is Zod-adjacent. And then the show just gives you Zod later anyway in a small, like, moment. And they also have, like, this weird quasi-Man of Steel music that they're working on. Like, this weird kind of uh, uh, battle between Zod and... Every time they showed... What was his name again? Non. Nan. Every time they showed Non and every time they showed those Kryptonians, there was this weird quasi... I'd have to go back then. Uh, Man of Steel... Hans Zimmer kind of like okay. fight music that we right. play, and I'm like, that's a lot on the nose. Like, cause I ended yeah. up getting into Supergirl a bit after. And I was I'd like, have to go. I actually feel like it's every once uh, no, every once in a while I feel like I should go back and watch that because that first CBS season yeah. is an interesting island onto itself. Because yes. like, it's a different crew, it's a different team. The sets are all different. Like, it, like, it's all still Greg stuff. Berlanti, yeah. but a lot of the, like it's a different situation than when she comes over to CW. But the DEO looks different. Yes. The, um, uh, the Catco Media looks different. I was like, wow, uh, definitely. But they definitely did the heavy lifting on this character. Yes. How does one then... I, mean, I was going to say, like they also and they also uh, introduce the other... Um, uh, how do you say? Like there's, a, there's, there's the Brainiac character who I think existed. Indigo? Yes. Yes. So like go exist, yeah. Right. So like it's 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 a Brainiac adjacent seeming character, but it's also a real one. In continuity, right. So it's like Bizarro was a bit much for me. I could see that, but they also they've also played the Bizarro gimmick up for Supergirl before too. Yeah. Yeah. Where she has like a Bizarro girl or just like black Supergirl, whatever. Yeah. Um uh, Supergirl Black. It's like Goku Black, <laughs> but weirder. There you go. Have you ever seen that clip? Um, weird side tangent. Have you seen that clip from Dragon Ball Super? With the yes. Goku black line. They're like, don't shoot, he's black. Or something like that. Or no, shoot him this man is not black. And I was just like, yeah. how many people are in that engineering room? Nobody said, this line sounds a little weird. Maybe we should work it out. Oh, yeah, it was adding Goku and everything was fixed. Just, don't yeah. shoot, this man is not black. Nobody. No. Nobody. None of it. Anyway, moving um, on. I also really like Maxwell Lord. Uh, he was great season. that season. I'm actually, like, that's one of those little things where I'm just sad. That, like, can we just circle back to Maxwell? What I think he was him? the best Lex Luthor to not be Lex Luthor. I like Cryer's Lex Luthor, but he's still a little bit insane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I didn't feel like Maxwell Lord was insane. I just felt like he was a politician. No, no, Maxwell Lord was a manipulator through and through. Yeah, that, you know, that was all about that. But yeah, with, with hours upon hours, to extend and lengthen and and add to the mythos. To the mythos, we were able to get a fully three dimensional superhero, superheroine in Kara Zor El, in Melissa Benoist, in Supergirl. They didn't have like one of those words that are just like needlessly feminized. Heroine? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit because you can be a hero. It's right? kind of like actor. Like you don't need to be an actress. You're an actor. It's it doesn't have a delineation. Actors act. Um. But something that didn't have the benefit of, of all those hours and all those people that cared and, and a lot of things uh, was Supergirl's first introduction into the mainstream media as in the form of film, in the form of cinema. Because Supergirl does come out in 1984 as a British superhero film. Uh, I guess the uh, production company was British. Mm-hmm. Directed by Janot Sekwark. Yep, that's that's the, that's the best I'm going to do with that. When I hear a name like that, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be one of those really weird French movies. Yes, like uh, like pin, like um, Catwoman. <sighs> Catwoman was directed by a one-named French director. Oh, P- Pitoff, I think, was his name. 
Why do we make these decisions? Pizza. So, when I got into comic books, um, <laughs> I decided to, in comic book films, I decided to go back and, and try to watch a lot of these older ones that people don't really talk about. Um, you need to understand where we came from. Yeah, and I also, my, my thing is also, like, I'm always going to find myself having an inch more enjoyment than the layman because I'm going to be looking for things that they're not, right? Yes. They're coming in as a lethal weapon fan and they have to be convinced to like this Superman movie where I'm coming in as a Superman fan. Yeah. Uh, trying to like the Superman movie. It should be a bit easier. Um, I say all that to say that this has almost nothing to do with comic <laughs> book, uh, Supergirl, comic book, Cara Zor-El, any of that stuff. Um, which I thought is interesting because the background on the actual character, Cara Zor-El, Cara Zor-El is the cousin of the superhero Superman, the character was, made her first appearance in Action Comics 252 in May of 1959. So, wow, we were talking about that. Um, we were talking about the movie being 35 years old. Supergirl is officially 60 years old. 60? Okay. Co- coming on maybe 7? 59, 60. No. S- yep. 60 years old. She was created by Otto Binder, one of the greatest names in comics, and Al Pastino, <laughs> uh, created as a female yes. counterpart to Superman. Carl shares his superpowers and, and vulnerability to kryptonite. Supergirl plays a supporting role in various DC Comics publications, including Action Comics, Sp- uh, Superman, and several comic book series unrelated to Superman. Mm-hmm. Now, producer Aya Salkind originally wrote a treatment for the third installment, Names are hard. yes, for the third installment of the Superman series starring Christopher Reeves, it was going to expand on the whole film's scope to a cosmic level, and introduce villains Brainiac and Mister Mix, Mister Mixic, Mixic Spitlick, Mister Mixic Spitlick, Gilbert Godfrey, Gilbert no. Godfrey. <laughs> it should have been freaking Gilbert Godfrey. It was once. Uh, it was in the animated series, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So Superman won. Superman, what is the what is the fight in Superman one? He doesn't fight anybody, right? Um, he just saves some buses and stuff, and then yeah, I don't I don't know. If and Superman then Lois ever, gets falls in a ravine. I don't know if Superman really ever throws a punch. Just, he battles Lex in a like weird, weird like of wits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lex Lex constantly tries to mess things up, and Superman's constantly fixing him. Yeah, so Superman one, I guess Lex Luthor. Superman two, Zod. And the Phantom Zone. Superman 3 was going to be Brainiac. Which, by the way, I do love that this movie goes out of its way to set up, like, here's the first movie. Here's the sequel set up. Okay, let's get to the movie. Yes. Uh, This, yeah, that third movie with Christopher Reeves in it was going to be Brainiac, Mr. Mixix, Bitalik, (laughs) Supergirl. He's going to say it differently every time. It's going to be the joy. Yes. Um, And the original outline featured a father-daughter relationship between Brainiac and Supergirl. And a romance between Supergirl and Superman. Even though the two are comic, uh, cousins in the comics. Of course there is. So Warner Brothers rejected this outline. Thank and made God. their own Superman 3 film. Which has no comic book villains in it. Wait, It has no. Richard Pryor in it. How did we go from bad to worse? It, yeah, it has no comic book villains in it. It has Richard Pryor in it. But the most famous thing, the most thing that that movie is famous for is the, su- the scene of evil Superman fighting regular Superman. Is that what it's most famous for? Yeah, that's the scene of drunk Superman at the bar. Oh, yeah. Which gets parodied in Supergirl. Come on, come on, come on, Yeah, it's, come a, on. it's the same thing with Supergirl. Supergirl has the same scene where she's drunk at a bar. I think it's the Red K 
the red K uh, thing, and she's flicking the peanuts to break the glass. Yes. Uh, I mostly remember. I mostly remember Superman three for the fact that the trailer gives away the Richard Pryor twist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first live action of the depiction of Supergirl is this film that we're talking about here, starring Helen Slater as Kara Zor-El slash Linda Lee slash Supergirl. The film is a spinoff of the Superman film series. It actually exists because Jimmy Olsen, played by Mark McClure, played Jimmy Olsen in the Superman film. So this is actual connective tissue. This yes. Is, this was DCEU before uh, it was even hot, before MCU even had a whiff of what was going on in the, in the, in the cinema. This is what was going down. And so the oh plot of the film God. concerned Supergirl, uh, uh, Superman's cousin, leaving her isolated Kryptonian community of Argo City for Earth in an effort to retrieve a un- the unique Omega Hedron, which had fallen into the hands of the evil witch Selina. The film was poorly received and did poorly at the box office. But as we were talking about off air, in August of 2018, a film centered around Kara Zor-El slash Supergirl was announced to be in development with Oren Uziel penning the script. The studio intends what is it to with Supergirl and odd named creators. I don't know. Uh, the studio intends to hire a female director, Reed Morano, who has expressed interest in the project, being its top choice. Filming is expected to start uh, expected to start production in early 2020. But yes, it's uh, one of those interesting things where, on one level, it seems like it's uh, how do you say it? It seems pandery, but at the same time, it's like. You probably do want a woman directing the woman's point of view character. Yes. <laughs> I think just now with how everything went with Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins, they're just like, let's just do it. Sure. And, uh, and, and think... in, some, in a lot of cases, it's the right decision. In some cases, it's like, I mean, I guess, Paul, I don't know. We're not, we're not going to hire Paul Feig. When... Is Birds of Prey <laughs> being directed by a female? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue who. As far as I'm concerned, Marco Robbie's directing Birds of Prey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, psh, you ain't lying. It seemed to be the movie she campaigned for. Yeah, it's Kathy Yan is the director of that. So yeah, didn't it, these Kathy Yan? Yan, Y A N. So okay. I think in general, yeah, they're they're gonna be moving forward with the female led stories being directed by females. Which I mean, it makes sense though. Like, I I I'd be hard pressed most of the time to trust a dude to like, like, what what do you know about this perspective, sir? Uh, usually on these on these uh episodes where we review a film and recap a film we go on a spoiler free a little bit of a spoiler free tangent i don't think this film necessarily deserves one nor do i think it's also years old decades old nor do i think like i don't think if you're going to enjoy this film i don't think anything we say about it is going to change that if that makes any sense no i don't think any details that are expressed or any plot points that you are now privy to Will change your mind about it's kind of like the room you came in for the bad, exactly. Um, how do you feel about Helen Slater as as Supergirl? Immediately when she spoke, I'm like, "Oh God, are we going to do this old style like half whispery starlit voice for every? Everyone speak that way back then. Good God." The big doe eyes yeah. and, and a lot of this, a lot of head nodding when, yeah. you, when you're trying to make your point. It's like, yes, father, I understand. Yeah. Wow, that's so interesting. Like, speak up, woman. She looks good on a poster, though. She does. There's certain there, points where, where they're doing glamour shots, and I'm like, you know Helen Slater? On paper, this, age well, on paper you know, this all had potential. Yes. 
Um, uh, they were they were considering Demi Moore and Brooke Shields, but then they were like, "Nah, screw that. We want a, uh, a unknown." Which is it's just a popular choice to do with these uh, superhero characters because it's like you 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 want people to fall into like I have no idea who this face is, so this face is Superman's face. Was not was, like this face is Batman's face, and that face is also Ben Affleck's. Was um, yeah, I want huh. Ben Affleck. <laughs> You, this was honestly his first film, and she got paid seventy five thousand, which seems a bit low. I thought you were just going to tell me she got paid seventy five dollars. I was like, no. yeah, that's Hollywood. Seventy five thousand. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I was trying to remember if Reeves was a was a household name before he got pulled on. No, for that. As far as I know, he was not. Um, what they got? Um, they got Jerry Goldsmith doing his best John Williams impression. He. He tried his best to do his best job. It was impressive. Yes, he did. But to me, it didn't. It didn't feel like a like a parody of Superman's music. I kept getting Star Wars vibes. Did you like that weird kind of like somber song that they play for like Leia and Luke? Uh... They had this one song motif that they played every time. Uh, Linda Lee was thinking about another man, <laughs> uh, and, and, and they just kept playing. It's like this the soft. Uh, Kansas music or whatever. Right. Um, but... It's really weird when you... To, to watch Superman... Or rather, like, to go into this kind of property knowing that Superman has a particular audio motif that you already, uh, like... How do you say? Assigned to it? Yeah. And then, like, here's Supergirl, and it's like, is it gonna sound just like... Is it gonna sound adjacent to it? Is it just going... It's just well, going to go its own direction. I did, This is a DC thing, right? Because you have the Arrowverse that mostly shares a composer. It's almost all Blake Neely. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, Hans Zimmer seemed to have been the DCEU uh, composer before he was like, oh, you know what? I'm leaving this. Doing two Batmans just upset You called Danny heck. Elfman, bro? You know what? <laughs> nah. I'm off this. Nah. Uh, he, he, if I remember correctly, he was... He didn't even want to do Man of Steel, if I remember correctly. I don't remember that, but I'm glad he did. And they were like, uh, or Massey was the last one he was passionate in. Yes. And they brought him in for BBS. He, he was like, bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, he, I think I remember him saying that it bothered him a bit to do Batman again, having already done Batman and having to like do it differently. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got to, I've almost got to redo my own work for another version of this. Yes. And, and Raul, while for us it's only three movies, for him it's like ten years of work. Right. Which isn't something you could just cough at. Yeah. So like I have to forget ten years of work to put out a fresh product for this character. You know what I mean? In order to not fall back into those things I did in the older movie. Like that's a difficult job. I, I don't know if I could score a Batman film without without just naturally scaling back to my other Batman film. And it's also... Which, like, Danny, that, Elfman could, which Danny Elfman could not resist doing because he weaves both his songs into right. the movie. That's hard enough to be like, oh, you know what, I've created an entire Batman motif, but now you want me to make a new Batman motif for a new Batman right. and, and never, never like, homage the old one. Right. And it's the same thing in this. It's like John Williams, especially at that time, was untouchable. Yes. Um, so to try to create something tangible to that was very, it's very weird. I think it kind of shows. Um, 
What do you think about Faye Dunaway as Selena? This character I've never heard about before. This character I've never heard about ever again. They literally pulled this character from anywhere. Why not just pick a Superman villain? Why not just try to create somebody at least kind of with some ties somewhere? She has something called the Book of Shadows or whatever. That's the only thing that she keeps <laughs> referring to. Is the only thing. Faye Dunaway, at least for a t- for a period of that film, looks like she's just having fun hamming it the heck up. Yes. I think by this point she knows that like this movie's going nowhere. I'm going to make a time of it. Yes. Do you see the weird Hollywood uh, way they light her? Oh, you mean with that? Well, like every time she faces forward, like she's got this half shadow on her yes. face. Yes. Every time it happened, I'm like, why? Yep. They would soften the lens, and they would, uh, they would. Uh, her eyes a... would be like in this weird letterbox where yeah. like, the top and yeah. the bottom were dark. Every time, almost every time, like if it's not a wide shot, or she just they they do that up close shot of her face, and everything goes like dark, <laughs> except for like half her face or something. Oh my gosh, she's still alive. Yes, and actually, she has been the subject of some interesting stupidity lately. <laughs> she is eighty. Oh, sorry, seventy-five, seventy-eight years old. Sorry. I, I, I think she was – I think something came up with her lately where, like, she pulled out of a project for some reason and it, it just kind of made her look bad. The biggest thing I think I knew her in was um, uh, Mommy Dearest. Didn't she do Mommy Dearest? I've, I've, I've never seen it. I have no idea about that film. I don't know. I'm almost sure. Yeah, she did do Mommy Dearest. And she did it right before she did Supergirl. So Mommy Dearest – this is going to be the oddest thing – is about um, uh, Joan Crawford, this like starlet who has an adopted child, and she's like crazy. She's like crazy stage mom, um, OCD, crazy. So her, the big scene from that movie is her beating her child because she told her child. That she doesn't want any more wire hangers in the Okay. In the yes. And so there's that scene of no more wire hangers. Right, right. And it's right. it's her doing exactly the Celine thing of just overacting and right, right, telling right. everyone and See, I, okay, I didn't realize that reference because I'm watching I was after I saw the movie, I like I go back and I watch the um, the old Lindsay Ellis review of it. And yeah, she's yeah. Like, she mentions like Faye Dunaway just nearly reaching crazy wire hangers. Faye yes, Dunaway. yes, yes, because that's all she was in that movie was this because she, she was this um, aging actor. She was always talking in that weird Shakespearean right. sort of thing here. Uh, Which Peter I... O'Toole is doing to a T. Also, Peter Cook won't stop talking that way, and it kills me. It's probably because of... Those two actors throughout the entire film are just, like, complete cartoons. I'm convinced Peter O'Toole was constantly that way. Yeah. I I am not a film buff guy, so no, I have not gone out of my way to watch Lawrence of Arabia. Right, right. But, like... Oh, but it's like, what's his face, um... The guy from Planet of the Apes. He's the same way. Uh, fucking... I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, like, he's always like, <laughs> you know... Yeah. Get off of me, you damn dirty ape. Right. Uh, they talk in this weird <laughs> acting... And there's a cadence, and there's like... Acted accent, yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing I talk about in professional wrestling, where if you watch somebody in a candid interview, it is not the same thing as their promo voice. Exactly. They... They grab a microphone and they put on the promo voice. 
Yes. And it's this booming thing, and it's pretentious as heck. Yeah. And nobody believes it's real. Because you don't sound like a human. Because no one talks like that. Right. Charles so, Heston. Charlton Heston. Yes, yes. So, Charlton Heston used to always talk like... Right. So, in, in the beginning first scenes where I have these two voices that are now already right off the bat really annoying me. Helen Slater is doing her her whispery starlet voice. And Peter O'Toole is like, yes, I took the Omega Hedron. Yeah, everyone is acting I can do how what they, I want with it. Everyone is sort of kind of talking how they think people talk, <laughs> but not how people talk. And that very first scene, let's get into this. That very it's first not scene, nearly as it, it, it's almost like it's double. I mean to say it is double as hammy as like Marlon Brando trying to play Jorel, where he's just like, Krypton. I'm assuming everyone here speaks monotonally. Also, I don't understand how to pronounce Krypton. And I also heard on that set that they wrote some of the notes on the baby, on the baby <laughs> swaddled being closed because he was, he was at that point was such a big star he couldn't be bothered. He couldn't be remember, bothered to remember these stupid remember lines. lines. Yeah, so they would he would like look at the baby and be like, "Yes, you are my son on Krypton." They are great people, Kalal. They wish to be. Uh, the, the movie. I had a budget of thirty five million and grows to fourteen point three. That hurts me. <laughs> I don't even have nowhere near any of that money. Um, but it starts off with Kara Zorro lives in an isolated Kryptonian community named Argo City. I don't think anywhere in this have they talked about the destruction of Krypton, none of that stuff. Nope. Not even discussed. Nope. Uh it's in a pocket of transdimensional space. A man named Whatever that means. A man named and I'm telling you this is not a Kryptonian name. Zoltar? That's Zoltar. Just... Zoltar. No. What? What's that movie that comes from? Zoltan? Zoltan. Um, yeah, look, at you. they even put it this way. A man named Zoltar allows Kara to see a unique and immensely powerful item known as the Omega Hedron. So if you had this crazy power... Today we thing, call them fidget spinners. Yes. It's basically <laughs> this weird... They, like gyroscope, it looks like ball. it looks like a cat play toy that has the ball in it. Yes, it has a gyroscope it inside of it that keeps it moving, um, and it just spins. But it powers the entire city of Argo. Yes, in this isolated commu- uh, community. But Peter O'Toole, you know what it is? It's Zoltar. a really bad version of the uh uh what is it in Black Panther? Oh, the Kamoyo beads or whatever. Not the beads, but like the thing oh, that the, powers the, the, the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is um, it? I'm mad. I forgot what it was. You talking about vibranium? Yes, yes. It's it's yeah. It's a, well, they have something as it's freaking, a ter- it's a bad version of their vibranium tech gimmicks. They have something. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. He borrowed this without the knowledge of the city government. Right. He you removed s- the power supply look- from the I city. I borrowed it. And that's it. He okay, sto- okay he, Zoltar. He stole what powered the entire city, and he's just messing around with it. He also has this like wand that can do anything. It can just continue architecture, and it can seal barriers, and it does freaking everything. But it can it it, it can only provide like like uh, it can't create life. It can create a snapshot of it. Whatever that means, because she or a shadow of it. She's that's what it is. It's a shadow of it because she creates a, like a, a an a animate a an dragonfly. Animate. Yes. She because that's the, the kind of animal you want to just create, and that's the kind of animal that just hangs out on other planets. Yeah, like yeah. I'm pretty sure, like one for one, we all got dragonflies, don't we? We're all right, and and, and they do no damage. No, 
but but this dragonfly does because it flies out of a paper mache window that seems to be the barrier for this entire city. Because once it flies out this window, um, there they can feel the actual vacuum of space, and the omega hedron just flies out the window. The power source for this entire city flies out the window because one man stole it, <laughs> brought it to show this impressionable little girl. She created a dragonfly, and it broke through their barrier, their city barrier, which was like a piece of plastic. Which is protected by sugar and dreams. That's it. <laughs> so, so garbage. But then they're like, um, yeah, it's blown into space, and overhearing the weariness of her parents, Kara follows it to Earth. Under no, no, the, no, 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 but we, I, I, It says in parentheses, undergoing a transformation into Supergirl in the process. Well, no, 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 Which no, did not happen. I, I feel like we need to, we need to scope out how terrible this entire scening is. Because first off, the, 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 uh, Omega Hedron. Yes. Flies off somewhere. Yep. And now we're like, crap, it's gone <laughs> away. We're screwed. All of us are doomed. And he's like, no, I can take, and... He says the greatest line read ever earlier and pretty much repeats it where he goes, no, I can take that thing and it can take me there. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what he does. So <laughs> no, he now he's pretty much just like he's a, he recognizes that his daughter has done this stupid thing and then continues to ignore her, his mischievous daughter. And goes back to arguing with one of the citizens to figure out what to do. Meanwhile, mischievous daughter that just created a problem decides to go and steal that thing yes. so she can go and get it over there. Yeah, so I'm like, at one point, I'm Who like... Who is watching this child? No, at one point, I'm like, wow, that, that's, an, that's a, an incredibly modern uh, table setting. <laughs> it's a bunch of weird chairs around this table. But it's not a table because she's sitting on the table now. And all the chairs are now closing in on it. What is going? Is this a spaceship? Why is nobody monitoring the spaceship? Why is nobody making sure nobody gets in this spaceship? Why is it simply that thing? And the the parents are talking to to, to what's his face? To, Zoltar. Uh, Zoltar. It's still fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's the stupidest name. Yes. Uh, and these like you can't you know, take it seriously. Obvi- like, it. Like, you know, obviously this is the end of us. Like the 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 the, the sun will grow to dim and the air will grow so so thin that we couldn't even breathe. And he's like. Or maybe not. And that's it. Like, that's the end of the or argument. Or maybe not. Yes. Or I can take that thing. Yes. And go over uh, there. I was like, okay, good. So, she... Oh, no, my daughter took it. So she And then goes... immediately, wait, wait, wait. I have to, I have to, again, this freaking actor. Goddamn you, Peter O'Toole. He was killing it. The moment it happens, he just goes, no. The doom for all of you will be quick. I, however, must oh, go to the Phantom Zone. To the Phantom Zone, I have immediately accepted this inevitability. There's no cops on scene. <laughs> There's no scene of him being taken to the Phantom Zone. He walked into the city government and took the main power supply for the city and oopsed it out of the out of the planet. It's gone now. And then he's just gonna turn himself in. And then just punishes himself. He's gonna turn himself in. By the way, guys. Totally My suffering will be... Dramatic pause. I totally walked in here earlier and Eternal. totally took it from you guys. So sorry. I know you guys have been looking so, for So, uh, I'm just gonna dab myself over here. Y'all figure it out. So, you th- do you think it was around this time? I am, by the way, probably apparently the foremost scientist here, but I'm going to... 
All of just, them are though. Greg, peace out. Every single one of them, the Zorals, the Jorals, every single L just seems to be a pompous scientist making shit up as it goes along. And I want to, I want to think it's about this time that Christopher Reeve bowed out just before filming began. I don't He was supposed to make a cameo. This was supposed to tie everything in. And yes. He was all like, "Nah, I'm not doing it." He saw that script and he was just like, "Nope." This is when we get the quasi, you know, half and half um, Superman credits, where it's like. Sort of kind of Superman credits, but it's not Superman credits. All right. Um, and they'll, those credits cost a million dollars to shoot. Oh, Lord. I don't think they were necessary at all. But, so, uh, yes, along this travel, this woman who was just in her regular garb why, suddenly... Bright-eyed, right? Bright-eyed, just... What is faced. all this? What, what's going on? That is this amazing thing, Father. Terrible. Bright-eyed and dope-faced, during this travel... Becomes Supergirl through osmosis. Whatever, whatever. And they they did a little bit of this I think in Superman, where he's a baby mm. and there's like baby Einstein playing as he's as he's in route, right? And it's like telling him everything he needs to know. Yeah. Um, but there was none of that here. And I don't even know. There's just a silhouette of a woman inside a thing, and then it pops out the thing, and it's Supergirl. And I guess. The, the the ship was tracking the Omega Hedron to right. the city? Yes. Um, but you're right. She gets into this ship. The ship crashes into the water of the, of the, on Earth. And instead of the ship coming and resurfacing, she comes out of the water fully clothed as Supergirl. Yes. And uh, the scene where Supergirl flies out of the lake With was, perfect hair. Yeah. The scene where she flies out of the lake was actually a photograph of Helen Slater pasted onto a wooden cutout. Not only that, when she gets pulled out, there's a scene of her getting pulled out, but then there's a scene of her, like, flying. It is the worst. You could tell that she's not being held, like, the with the motions that she's making with her body. Yeah. That the weight is not being distributed that way. Right. Like, she's just literally being flung through the air. Right. Against her will. And it says that she had to train three hours a day for three months to do the outdoor flying sequences where she was suspended by wires from a 200-foot tower crane. Right. Again, just like the credits, don't think any of it was necessary. Which, by the way, like, is, like, you, you, you want to think that, you know, being suspended and supported by these wires, that it'd be, it, it would be, like, easy to do, but it's not. There's a lot of, like, core strength that goes into keeping yourself in a particular pose and keeping it, how do you say, like, flying is usually done erectly, you know yes. what I mean? Yes, There's no limp. There's a part where she's just, like... She's just like paddling. Yeah, and I'm like, "What is? What are you doing?" Also, I noticed immediately in in the flying scenes, they either did not plan for this or they planned it poorly. Um, there are a lot of moments where they take liberties with the cape because we don't uh, want upskirt shots. Right, right. So sometimes the cape moves normally, and sometimes the cape just sticks to her back. I that makes a lot of sense. I can see that. So I'm like, "This is hilarious." Y'all clearly did not consider this concept when you. <laughs> well, it was a big deal. You know, this is the first superhero film to feature a woman in the lead role. So they were trying their very hardest. And we're about to meet Selena and Nigel. But before then, Dolly Parton was offered $7 million to take the role of Selena. But turned it down because she said she could not play a witch no matter how much money was offered. Is this a Christian thing? I don't know. Jane Fonda and Goldie Hawn also turned down the role. I feel like Goldie Hawn's a bit young at that point in the 70s. Maybe. But yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about Selena and Nigel. 
because on Earth, the Omega Hedron is discovered by Selena. Some of the worst cringy dialogue ever in the world. It's like, uh, I just want to do world domination. Well, to do world domination, you'd have to be invisible. Well, you'd almost know how to make me invisible, wouldn't you? Well, all you'd have to do to be invisible. I'm like, what are they talking about? Hello, my name is Peter Cook. I'm going to talk this way throughout the entire film. They, they kick him out. No more than fucking four times in this film. <laughs> she kicks it. I never want to see you again. It just comes. You need to leave. Selena. And she just comes back. I was like, what the hell is going on? So, anyway. I've gotten away from these rotten children. <clears throat> the Omega Hedron is rediscovered by Selena. Oh, God. A power-hungry would-be witch. Did you get that instance? Do we uh, have any kind of inclination as to where, uh, how far along her witching uh If you could schooling. see my face. How far along her witching schooling she is? No. Do we know who just, she witches for? No, it's just she's a witch and she knows magic things. And she gets what was right there in the 80s, a plucky 80s sidekick. <laughs> How do you feel about Bianca, who is literally there? She seems she, like one of the Golden Girls. I said it. I said it <laughs> to my roommate. I said she is in Golden Girls. Everybody else is in a different film. <laughs> she was told that this movie was going to be about her and Faye Dunaway being, you know, just a little bit older women going back out in the town. And they told her about the rest of this film. And she's like, well, I'm sticking to my movie. My movie is about us being sassy. Oh, my God. And us just saying, like, cool. Th- but, she has, she's just a sass factory. She's just there to one-line it about things. Uh, she's, I guess, supposed to be the humor in a lot of it? I guess. I don't... Oh, it, it says that she's seeking to free herself from her relationship with Warlock Nigel. Did you get in this that Nigel was a warlock? I know at one point he pulls up a random... I get that he's an annoyed principal. A, a warlock slash principal? <laughs> she doesn't have a job that, I, to, to my knowledge, she doesn't have a, a part-time job to pay the bills, but he's a, he's a principal or something like that? Yeah. Or he's a teacher. Um... But yeah, they find this Omega Hedron. She talks about wanting to commit world domination, but she finds the Omega Hedron. Uh, and she's like, wow, this thing is really, really powerful. And maybe it can make me do more spells. So she's like, screw you, Nigel. I'm leaving you. And then Nigel's like, good luck leaving me without the keys. And so she just puts the Omega Hedron by, the, by where the keys go and the car starts. So what was her plan? <laughs> prior to this she gets in the car screw you Nigel and I hope you burn in the eternal flames of hell if you can pass me those keys by the way <laughs> it would be great none of that made any sense but anyway Supergirl arrives on earth and discovers her new powers um, I think we should talk about the attempted rape that that almost happened that's what men do apparently and they do it in A and W t-shirts. Which, by like the way, cross promotion. If I just ran into a woman out of nowhere in like this this clearly unique suit with the clearly recognizable S on it, I probably wouldn't take for chances. Yes, because they're the ones that actually infer all the the Superman things. Yes, they're the ones that recognize the, the symbol and all that stuff. And they're like, "Hey, honey, uh, yeah, this what?" She's like, "Where am I?" They're like. This is Lover's Lane. I'm like, you scumbags. You freaking... Even 80s I'm like, scum- you know who Superman is. Why would you take that chance? Even for 80s scumbags, you are... You're some of the scummiest. And and mind you, like, they're played up for complete comedy. Yes. It, but it's like, great. Like, that's what they were trying to yeah, do, right? Yeah, yeah, Just making sure. Like, I understand it was played up for comedy, but I'm like, 
No, they're going for it. They're, they're going. They're going they're for going the jugular. Yeah, and then you know. Speaking of which, she grabs the guy by his like, by his jaw. Yeah. And tosses him. Talking about going for the jugular. <laughs> she she's like, no, stop that. She knows perfect English. Uh, she's fine. She spent the afternoon flying around. Right. Now she's now she's in town. There's a bunch of her just like, why are we doing this? They um they called it like flying ballet. Mm. This whole week. Do you think there was like an an, an uh, uh, attempt to be like more feminine or something? I think it was attempt more for, artful. I, I think it was whimsy. Whimsy. Like look at me. I've like. I can fly. This is a fun. This is yay. I can do all these things. It was also like, look at me do this. Like, um, it's that character from Mad TV. Look what I can do. What's that swimming called? Synchronized swimming. Synchronized swimming. swimming. Synchronized, yes. synchronized, synchronized swimming in the air, somehow. Um, she lands. She sees a bunch of kids playing uh, like rugby because this is freaking. England? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the time, I'm like, why are they kids playing? There's no kids playing freaking rugby, rugby in middle America. What's going on here? <laughs> but she sees the kids playing uh, rugby, and so she does her actual factual canonical power of going behind a tree and changing her entire outfit. Yes. Uh, first, she goes behind a tree and changes half of her outfit, which I didn't understand. It was like uh, it was like she was wearing the school top, but the Supergirl skirt. Right. Then, in one of the worst production moves in this film, she goes behind another tree, and the, all the colors change, as if it was shot on a different day, and they just didn't care to color correct it. I'm like, this is the beginning of what I feel is going to be a bunch of production mishaps, mm-hmm. where they just do not care. Later is this, on, is this where she comes out with the new hair and a completely yes. different, uh-huh. Yes. Which made me think, like, wow, I really dug her as a blonde. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not digging this whole weird brunette. Uh, wig thing that she has on, but it is what it is. Um, she bumps into the principal. Um, doesn't understand basic human things. Right. Is able to type up an entire transcript for herself. Right. And place it inside of his file cabinet. Despite the fact that all the all of the uh interactions she was having on Argo City were pretty human. Yes. Like, nothing changed. And not only did she change the transcript, she put herself on in every class with Lucy Lane, including rugby. At one point, she's playing That's on rugby. That's not teacher. Jenna Dewan none Tatum. Of te- none of the teachers are are questioning. Another character we lost after CBS, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> where are... She was cute. Where where um are... Why, why are the teachers not like, who is this kid? Why are they in all, my, all of our classes? At one point, Nigel is her teacher. Listen... Being a teacher is, is hard enough. If, if a kid shows up, you just deal with it. You just it. go with the floor. I'm not getting paid that well anyway. Uh, God bless y'all. Following the path of the Omega Hedron, um, she takes the name Linda Lee, identifies herself as the cousin of Clark Kent, and enrolls into an all-girls school where she befriends Lucy Lane, the younger sister of Lois Lane, who happens to be studying there. Adjacency. Yes. Supergirl also meets and becomes enamored with Ethan, who works as a groundskeeper at the school. That's not good, right? Should you be crushing the weird groundskeeper guy at the school? Is that like something you? So here's to the do? part of the story where, if it were a video game, like the video game gives you the mission. The mission is retrieve this thing to save your city. Also, here's a side quest. Yes. And Supergirl just goes off on the side quest. Yeah, like. Picks her, avi- through picks her avatar, 
<laughs> you know, pick some outfits. How do you feel about Lucy Lane? Um, I I I didn't feel anything. For that. I was just like, for no. one thing, it was weird knowing that my only on my only analogy for this character is the Jenna Dewan version. Yes. Other than that, it's like, why are we doing this? Why are we here? It did it. To tell you the truth, a lot of that felt like like CW stuff. Like this is the closest we can get to this property, right. so this is as close as we're gonna try. Right. Um. But yeah. But also, we're going to do some school hijinks with some bullies. But she's she's shown to be like like kind of independent in her own right, right? Like kind sure. of. There's an entire set piece dealing with like a freaking construction. We're gonna get there. It's pretty damn bad. Oh my god! Probably one of the worst parts of the of the of the thing. Captain America was a whole mile better than this was. Yo, so this Captain uh, America was fun. <laughs> so Ethan catches the eye of Selena. Oh well, sorry. Selena's like, well, if humans, if I'm gonna be controlling these humans, and this Omega Hedron seems to put whatever I put in it, make it bigger, somehow. Mm-hmm. I need to make all the humans fall in love with me. Thus, because love is the ultimate control. Thus, taking over the world. Yes. But instead of making all the humans fall in love with me, I will now just start with this one man, this one groundskeeper of an all-girls school, this one suspiciously uh, stubbled groundskeeper of all-girls school. You know, when you put it that way, it is kind of damning. Very weird. Um, and that's when I start to talk about like this is probably the sexist part of the whole thing. Yeah. Like th- this little this movie becomes a fight for this one man's affection. Yes. Not the city of Argo, not the city of wherever they're landing here. Um no n- none of it. There's no there's no doomsday bomb, there's no big bad fight. They're literally fighting over this one man that both of them met that day. Mhm. I don't understand who thought that that would be a tangible plot device for these women. More, it, it was more bothersome to me that it, it becomes like, so whether or not Supergirl knows this. Yes. Uh, Ethan, his name is? Yes. Ethan's infatuation with Supergirl it's is com- completely artificial. Is <laughs> chemically induced. It's completely artificial. He He loves Supergirl because he was told to in a way. Well, at least he was told to love the first person he comes in contact with, which happens to be Supergirl. Right. And while very awkwardly reluctant to this pushy nature, just gives in. Yeah, I was watching with my, with my roommate, and he, she goes, you know, not for nothing, she seems totally down with all this stuff that's going on. And that's actually, you know, what happens. Also, Selena, like you said, so Selena brings her into her okay selena lives in a carnival yeah she lives in like a weird haunted house carnival thing which i guess works with her witch motif yeah so because they call in the they call in the groundskeeper i'm told this went through five scripts this makes a lot of sense (laughs) they the best part about this movie is trying to explain it to somebody else because you halfway through you're like that that can't be right but that's exactly what it is so she called You would compel somebody to watch the movie just just because they're like this is lying to me this, yes. this couldn't possibly happen she calls the groundskeeper to her own home yes to do like gardening work mm-hmm. he shows up there she shows up trying to seduce him 
So like, oh yeah, this stuff you can garden all up in here. Right. Um, trim my hedges. <laughs> she does the thing where she the weird expositional potion making where you have to say everything that you're putting in because that's how people cook. Now they go an inch of salt, a pinch of this. And so she creates a uh 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 elixir of sorts that when drunken uh, will cause Ethan mm. to fall in love with the first woman that she he sees. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to us, he has to pass out first. Yes, right? there, 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 there's a there is a period of adjustment. We did not know this. She did not in. know this. <coughs> so she poisons this man. <laughs> She's like, "Oh yeah, come inside." By the way, do you want a beer? He's like, "Yeah, I'll totally have a beer." Then he drinks this stuff and passes out. Um, meanwhile, Nigel shows up. In one of the most clutch outfits I've ever seen, he's wearing like this weird—he's <laughs> wearing like this weird leather, high-collared, uh, gray suit. Right. And I'm like Nigel, but Nigel was kicked out, so I'm like Nigel, what are you doing back here? She's like Nigel, what are you doing back here? I'm like all of this Nobody makes no knows. sense for this movie. Um. Oh no no no! But the I guess it's to make her like we had to write in an awareness. Yeah. So like. Uh, like the Peter Cook character just shows up and he wants to mess with her and he's just like, you may think you have everything, but what I saw out there by the water is coming for you. I'm like, she has no idea who that woman and is. And then she just gives him boils. <laughs> and then he just walks away. He's like, that bitch. And I'm like, what? what is going on here? It's like, I guess he had to warn her about Supergirl because he saw Supergirl out there. And so then, which, which he kind of saw. Like, how would you know what you saw from that height anyway? All you saw was something pop out the water. That's it. Um, but because Selena was too busy talking to Nigel, um, uh, Ethan was able to walk away. And so now I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so the first woman he sees is the first woman he's supposed to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. But this man stumbles for the next 25 minutes <laughs> through a town. He walks all the way from the haunted house yep. into town. Into traffic. Into traffic. And everybody's making fun of him because they think he's high. Yep. Like, get out of the road, space cadet. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? Jimmy Olsen's like, he's probably uh, on drugs. Ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, he's like, Jimmy Olsen's like, he's probably on drugs. I'm like, what you know about that, Jimmy? Coming over here trying to narc on people. <laughs> and I thought, honestly, I thought in that moment, Supergirl was going to go, no, go ahead, guys, go inside. I'll handle this. But she doesn't. She goes inside with them. It only becomes an issue when they send, when, when it, in, the, um, in the immense and unlimited power of the Omega Hedron, mm-hmm. she is able to possess a construction this weird construction vehicle. Yes. Um, later on, we'll see her ability to point at somebody and make them teleport. Right. She won't use that in this moment. No, no. She's going to use this 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 construction vehicle. And not only that, but it's one of those vehicles with the... I don't even know how you, what you call that thing. That grabby uh, like part. The ju- like of the, the Jaws of Life type gimmick? Yeah, it has like a grabby part. Yeah. Um, maybe like to think, things to move r- rubble and stuff, to grab a bunch of rubble. That would have killed him had it grabbed him. At very it, point, it, it, it is, in essence, a mechanical dinosaur. Yes, but it would have killed him had it grabbed him. Yes. And it should have killed him when it grabbed him. It is just like... Phew. Somehow, he just falls into the soft spot of it or whatever. But this, there's a half an hour set piece 
with this freaking vehicle causing all kinds of mayhem in small town USA. Lucy gets inside the vehicle and tries to tries to like take control and is knocked unconscious. The hero of the movie. She's knocked unconscious. It like slightly moves to the left. And she <laughs> oh hits no, her head crap. on the she hits her head on the on the glass and completely passes out. And I'm like General what? Lane would be highly disappointed. I'm like, what is going on here? None of this makes any damn sense. Um Yeah, so so she she animates a construction vehicle, trying to get him to come back. It doesn't work. Supergirl rescues her him. And she, he opens his eyes and he falls in love with her. Uh, but he falls in love with Linda. He doesn't fall in love with Supergirl. I, right. think, that, I think that that's a, a distinction I'm supposed to be making. Yes, yes. He, he saw the, uh, the Linda Lee character. <laughs> Who's all like, don't worry, none of, your, none of your bones are broken, by the way. <laughs> and he's like, what? So in 1984, being ridiculously in love with somebody only meant talking in Shakespearean quotes. Oh, my God. Because that's all that this man does. He talks in Shakespearean quotes and in, in weird flourish ways. I guess that's the that's the language of romance. I'm not 100 percent sure. Felt a little weak to me. I don't know. It may just be me. Felt a little weak. Oh my god! But Supergirl and Selena repeatedly begin to battle in various ways. That's the way of them saying that this movie freaking lost itself. Because I think at this part, um, Greg is when she creates the shadow. So, she's using the Omegahedron. Again, this is a witch that wants to destroy the world. She starts to realize I that she, she wanted to rule it. Though. Rule it, sorry, rule it. Yeah. Rule, rule the world. Um, but she wanted to rule it with a bunch of lovers, people who love her forever. Yes. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention the weird fucking house party that they had where she turned that woman upside down. And... All right, that was... <laughs> Unnecessary. You could say it. all of it. Unnecessary. Yeah, it, it was highly unnecessary. It all of like... it's unnecessary. We're just showing that she's a witch. She has powers and she's petty. Which, by the way, is previously fettered by like Pete, the the Peter Cook character doesn't like any of these people and doesn't want to mingle with any of them. Right. So after sassing, uh, whatever her name is, walks off to talk to one of these women and like manipulate her into whatever, and then she starts she gets messing jealous and with... petty. And so we know that Selena is jealous and petty. All of the things that they're showing women to be in this are not good. Selena is jealous and petty. Um, uh, Supergirl is naive. And highly distracted. Highly distracted and highly convincible. Um, and so none of this is good. Uh, yeah, and so... Her golden girl's friend is happy to just be along for the ride. So we get this moment where... Yeah, how golden girl's globes... Um, golden globes. Golden girls... <laughs> Uh, sidekick is just like getting increasingly worse as the movie progresses. The thing she's saying doesn't even have to do with the plot anymore. But no, she's just making sassy remarks at things that happen. I laugh because I tell my roommate, I go, "It looks as if there seems to be like a big bad monster coming together." But it also looks as if they're going to try to convince me that this monster is invisible, <laughs> which also tells me that they didn't have the time, the passion. Nor the know-how to create an actual being to face oh her in this God. moment. So instead, isn't that what happens? Doesn't like a weird, <sighs> untangible thing come crashing through the forest? Yeah. They spend 20 minutes showing it walk to her house. From <laughs> Selena's, I guess. Oh, yes, it does come from Selena's because it bursts through the wall. Oh. Bursts through the wall. 
It walks all the way to uh, where where Linda Lee is hanging out. So Linda Lee's like, oh, let me fight it. Flies up against it. It knocks her down. Flies up against it again. It knocks her down. She's like, you know what I should do? Fly up against it. She goes up against it. <laughs> goes, it knocks her down again. And then she's like, you know what? Screw this. I know what to do. I think this is the part of the movie where I just started getting numb to it. I'm just like, what is happening anymore? No, I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm struggling to register what the what a lot of the movie becomes until the end. No, then she's like, oh, I totally know what to George do. George has now. notes. I don't. I'm telling you, I had to take notes because all of it was just got increasingly more ridiculous. But she's like, oh, I know what to do. I'll just take this weird uh, light post and I'll fly into a storm and I'll let it get increasingly electrocuted. We see three separate shots of lightning bolts hitting this stick. That is not how lightning works, it, though. It, it isn't how I lightning remember works, that clearly. She has the she has the stick, and the lightning bolt hits it three times, and it just stays and electrified. At, and at three, she knew that was all she needed. Three, three, three is the the. There was a magic number. Yeah. So then I'm like, but then I have this moment of 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 almost clarity, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I start thinking to myself, okay, oh my god, you know what could happen. In this moment, mm. we could have her do the bring me Thanos moment. She can literally <laughs> fly the hardest that she can with this electrical thing, jam it into the ground, into the... jam it into the ground and kill. Nope. Nope. She softly lands and just places the stick above her head. In doing so, as you know, as if you, you know. ever have anything electrified, as you do, if you place it above your head, it automatically releases those electrons at whatever it's pointed at. And so this being of magic and mystical arts is destroyed by electricity. Just a simple bolt of electricity, uh, it, it takes her out. It was at this point in the film that I started realizing the majority of this film is long scenes of Faye Dunaway talking to her homegirl. Yes. And short scenes of Linda Lee just going to college, doing things, going to college. There's a scene of her just sitting down. There's a scene of her showing up to school as Supergirl by mistake. Mm-hmm. And the lady's like, oh, stop wearing Halloween costumes to school or whatever. Doesn't need to be in there at all. No. 45 seconds. And no then we just, just to jump back to Faye Dunaway talking about her next part of the plan of, and all this. Which again <laughs> is all this is for Ethan. But anyway. Who, when she, who's barely in the movie. When she finally has it up to the top, you know, when it, when it finally reaches a point of, of no return, Selena's like, no, screw this. And tries to trap them in a weird bumper car thing. Am I getting that right? There was like a weird bumper car moment. Yeah, like she keeps, like she keeps uh, trying to uh, make the, sending the bumper evil. cars at her. And I'm just like. Why are you even escaping them? They're not going to hurt you. None of this they wouldn't is working. Hurt, they wouldn't hurt us all that bad. These are all like weird parlor tricks. Like she doesn't know any real magic. All of this is weird. I'm just going to... They sit in a ride and her thing to, to defeat them is just to make their thing go fast. Right. That doesn't do anything. But like the, the idea that these bubble cars are going to be dangerous, I'm just like, I don't think they'd hurt us that bad, much less a Kryptonian. No, you ain't lying. Just, I'm pretty sure she'd be all right. <laughs> No, and then, then they're sending, like, they're on that ride. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't kill anybody with that. And I'm like, oh, you know what? You could probably kill them with whiplash. Like, maybe if you just stop it abruptly, sure. they die. So she stops it, and she stops it slowly. She lets it all come back around. And I'm like, so none of this is for anything, nope. I guess. Um, 
god. She got new powers though, Greg. With a flick of the wrist, she sends Karin Zor-El to the Phantom Zone. Where? How? Why? Why does she know what that is? Why does she know what any of it is? Matter of fact, why does Supergirl know what Superman is? I don't know. Is there any reason she knows Superman is Superman is her cousin? I is there was... any reason she knows Superman's secret identity? <laughs> yeah, or know what, what he would be doing there on Earth. In order it's to, not that they've been contacting back write, and forth. In order to write a letter of recommendation from Clark Kent. It's all, it's also, all, that's forgery, and you just... Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. It, there's, a lot, there's a lot of that garbage going on. And we find out that, Lo, that Lucy Lane's kind of a Superman fangirl. Right. She has a poster up on the wall or whatever. But yeah, she they Superman to her. They put her in a freaking weird glass thing, and they send her into space. The glass case of emotion. They shoot her from Earth to the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is a hell of a feat. That's not how that works. <laughs> Way more magic. If you could do that, you could do anything. But you want to just fall in love with Ethan. Which, by the way, like, of all the things, to, you know, with, between Jimmy Olsen and the pollsters, it's like, oh, okay, we, we're like, no, 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 no. This is how we do the Phantom Zone thing. It's a glass. <laughs> yes. It's a glass case of this, emotion. This You've is gotta how keep everyone that. Has, this is the visual language of the Phantom Zone. Figure it out. Um... I guess it's better than the the very phallic Man of Steel pods. <laughs> then we get the Phantom Zone, which is probably yes, the worst parts of this film, because she bumps back into Peter O'Toole, but oh, before she does that, she realizes she doesn't have any powers, and she's stuck in the mud. There's kind of this poignant moment of her trying to crush a rock, and she does it in her hands covered in blood. Right, and they could have just left it at that, but instead she looks up towards the sky and goes. Where am I? And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, this is that movie. Um, and uh, so Peter O'Toole, God. oh no, then she takes several steps, several steps, falls into some weird oil stuff, mud, walks a couple steps out of it, and takes a nap. She just falls asleep. I'm like, what? That is just total. Like, I, uh, you know, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I'm, I'm just like, gonna. What is she doing? I'm just gonna. Stay right here and I had already take talk- in my failure. I had already spoken about how she seemed to have no goals and no like direction when she was on Earth. But now even in this Phantom Zone, there's no place to go. She wasn't following a signal. She didn't know where she was. She just walked until she saw some oh, stuff, man. felt a little bit of difficulty, and then just fell asleep. Zoltar shows up because he exiled, exiled himself, you know. Yes. That's the kind of thing Just threw himself in there. How do you operate the machine yourself? I also wonder, can you throw yourself in jail? <laughs> oh, that's when they would start to ask questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> which, is we- which is weird, right? Like, if I'm, th- if I'm like, no, I totally belong here. I don't know. They go, you want it too much. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. It's a trick. It's a trap. Zoltan gets there, um, and he's drinking. He's spraying something in his mouth. He has, like, this weird Phantom Zone. I think it's, like, Phantom Zone cocaine. That's what I've been trying to tell myself. It's what keeps it keeps him, the edge off. It keeps the edge off. Um. So, she's like, "No, we should totally try to escape." He's like, "There's no way. We There's no can't. point. There's no point in escaping, girl. It's foolish." And she's like, "Oh yeah, maybe I should just be like you, or just be like a drunk here in the fam zone." He's like, "Fine, let's find out how to how to get out of here." There might be a way. It which, is dangerous. Which then brings them to this weird tornado, weird CGI tornado thing, where they're like hanging off the edge of a cliff. I wanted for a moment. To think this was some really bad, 
like cloud galactus red tornado thing right and then i was just like that would be too clever even no, for they them don't, they don't care that much <laughs> um, this is probably one of the worst parts of the film because it's like she's like i can't and he's like you totally can even and though i like, didn't believe it five minutes and ago she's like oh yeah i can and then he's like i'm out and he dies he also, just gets I have a sacrifice for you to do it he succumbs to this weird tornado crimson Tornado, Crimson Dynamo, that that takes him down. <laughs> but to my recollection, you can't die in the Phantom Zone. No, you can't. But she tries to kill them. She tries to send fireballs from a spell book. Yeah, from Earth to their exact point in the Phantom Zone. Again, That's not how that works, The magic though. of this this film is ridiculous. It's so powerful. But anyway, uh, Selena misuses the Omega Hedron to make herself the Princess of Earth, while Ethan is her lover and her consort. Almost like a dog on, like a like a little puppy on on a right. on her lap, and he's kind of dumb. But I, he might have always been dumb. We don't know. Sounds like he was always pretty dumb. We don't know the depths of Ethan. Oh, we also glossed over the part where she literally carries Ethan on a bumper car <laughs> for a day and a half, a half of a day through through literally cross country, uh, flies him, flies him to the middle of nowhere, and then leaves him there. It's like. I gotta go. Leaves him there. And she's like, he's like, well, I gotta go too. I gotta find out about Linda. And she's like, no, don't worry. Linda's all right. And he's like, no, I need to find out about Linda. She's like, no, trust me. All right. Linda, she's fine. <laughs> she's and he's like, got this handled. And he's like, I don't believe you. I need to go save Linda. She's like, bro, if Linda could tell you anything right now, <laughs> she'd tell you that she's all right. And then they kiss. And he's like, Linda, which I guess is the what supposed to tell us that he Saw, figured it out through true love or something like that but again all of this is all these love connections are tangible it, 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 it wants to convince you so bad that this is like the Mary Jane kiss at the end of Spider-Man 1 it's like that's not how that works no no um also did they even oh, kiss yeah, the first I forgot, time I forgot about that she flew back from the Phantom Zone through a mirror <sighs> she flies to the Phantom Zone breaks through a mirror into the house did they even kiss the first time though no, they didn't. He just so there's there. no kiss for him to even recognize. No, but she does kiss him. She does kiss him. There's a scene in which she, as Linda Lee, is in front of the haunted house. Because she's, she's tracking the Omega Hedron. He just shows up. There's no reason for him to be there. He has flowers and chocolate. Oh, and is that the really uncomfortable scene where he just like breaks her down with his obsession? Yes, and then he kisses her. And okay. then she touches her mouth. And then there's that weird awkward scene of her kissing the mirror. Okay. Which I'm like, who is this for? This is for... This is for somebody else. Something's going down here. Um, so many things. Wrong there's also oh yeah, we also forgot the weird people on strike. The people of the town on strike against I Selena. That completely. Lucy Lane is on strike with her oh. people going. You need to get out of town. We don't like you. What's we don't have to do with anything. We know you're evil with black magic, and you could change all of us or make our lives a living hell. But we want to tell you vocally that we took in a vote, and we don't want you here. Oh, well, now that you've said that, I, now I've given it some thought, and I think we should leave this town. I was like, at that point, you may as well just Freddy Krueger it and just start lighting everything on fire. I just remember because there's a scene where she, she captures all the kids. She makes her goons capture them. She captures all the kids. She puts them in these metal balls and hangs them above the ceiling, these metal cages. And then she uses her magic to create spikes on the bottom, Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> then she breaks... Through this fight with Supergirl, she breaks the tops of all the balls so the balls can come crashing down onto these spikes. Spikes, But Supergirl uses her freeze breath 
to destroy them, as that's what Freeze Breath does. And then it, the balls land, and in the impact, they open freeing all of the prisoners. So none of this had to happen. None of this had to happen. Nigel's locked up too, but Nigel's the one who gave her that weird wand mm. of a tomb or whatever the heck they need. <laughs> that's just um. <coughs> yeah. So then this movie is making him only sicker. I'm dying. She 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 summons a gigantic shadowy demon, and the demon overwhelms Supergirl. And Shadow demon. And. And is on the verge of defeating her when she hears Zoltar's voice urging her to fight on. You can't. Go over there and come over here. Um, Supergirl breaks free and is told by Naju, yeah, the only way to defeat Selena is to turn the Shadow Demon against her. So she's like, yeah, I could totally do that. And she begins to fly around circles around her. Thank you. Trapping Ethan. her in a tornado. You totally figured this out really quickly. By yourself. Selena is attacked and incapacitated by the monster as the whirlwind pulls Bianca in as well. The three of them are sucked back into the mirror portal, which promptly reforms, trapping them all within forever. And then, and then Ethan just hands her the Omegahedron. Like, here's, this, oh, here's the Tesseract, basically. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, the three of them, uh, sorry, free from Selena's spell, Ethan admits his love for Linda and that he knows that she and Supergirl are one and the same, but knows that it's possible that he may never see her again. And understand that she must save Argo City. That's sure. a lot. That's a lot there. The final scene shows Kara returning the Omega Hedron to the darkened Argo City, which prominently lights up again. Shouldn't it be dead by now? Well, how did she get back over? Haven't we been here for days? She created another ship? Oh, can God. the Omega Hedron create a ship? Uh, I mean, probably can. This is terrible. All of this is bad. I guess a better question would be, though, like... Would you need to have a knowledge of engineering to create the ship with your brain? I don't know. I don't even know how the Omegahedron works. Do you just point it at things and then kind of wish? Because the idea is just like, okay, I can create a thing, but how can I make it run? Exactly. Do and I have to know the engineering concepts to and create the, science, the engine? Do I know the distance between here and there? How do I then create a vehicle? None of it. It's that can breaking, propel that distance. It's breaking, it's breaking the damn logic. Is there any... In looking at it now... Are you surprised at all that it barely made a half of, of its gross? I'm surprised it made it. I'm surprised it escaped from the the vault. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What do you think dragged this film down the most? Um, uh, obviously the wh- whoever screenwriter just quit after the fifth rejection. It was just like, look, just put something out. It also feels like a, a movie made by men for women. Mm. If that makes any sense, like it's like we this don't is know what you like. Yes, exactly. You like to take down rapists. Yes, and you you enjoy education. Yes, yes, yes. Um, which I think it, I they did not get any of that right in trying to portray this character, and we see how how valuable the character can end up being when treated right in the Arrowverse. We see the great heights that Mesa Benoist was able to make, and Helen Slater plays her mom. On yes. Supergirl, which is um, tremendous. Because the CW is that place where everyone tries to make up for past mistakes. Superhero redemption, baby. We're all about that. Superhero redemption. Helen um, Slater plays her mother. Super- Dean Kane is the father. <laughs> they The greatest greatest couple in I, comic book TV a, a year after the film was released, they killed Supergirl in Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But yeah. That is, uh, 
Wait, it says season three there was a Cretonian priestess named Selena. Was there? Yeah. Uh Huh, that's odd. I believe it. I I don't remember what happened in season three. Did you see that was mostly in in Chicago? Like they did like a they did like a close up of a of a What, the movie? Yeah. They did a close up of like where the I did not notice. She was like circling where on the map she thought the Omegahedron was and it was like in Chicago. Mm. Did you see how much Popeyes was in the film? No, I did not. There was a lot of Popeyes. <laughs> they go to a Popeyes. They ate at a Popeyes later on. They're in front of a Popeyes during a fight. Uh, pretty interesting stuff because Popeyes, I think, was oh okay. I think I remember what that was. Uh huh. Um, season three. That's the the rain season. Yes. So like, there's the three or four other characters that are like from like the planet, the, the oh, ancient. Yeah. Kryptonian science folk that are like controlling the world killers. Yeah. Or like, like so that's probably like the Zelina. weird shaman people. Yes. Yeah. So one of them is probably Zelina. Yeah. But just... where, where does this character come from? This character doesn't come from anywhere. Uh, <laughs> um, God. It's did... all so bad. And like her characters aren't well known. So that's why even the world killers didn't go over very well. Yes. I knew who the world killers were because of the first, like, New 52 book. There's a bunch of, like, butchered versions of this movie where um, they cut it down to 105 minutes, um, taking away a lot of the scenes uh, and cutting out a lot of the Nigel stuff. It's not a terrible thing. Yeah, cutting out a lot of the Nigel stuff. Um... Yeah, wow. Uh, later scenes had not been cut before the 2000 DVD release. It didn't get released on DVD till the year 2000, hmm. which is about 24. Oh, sorry. Still not sure we should have. 16 years after the fact. Right. Um, The Phantom Zone scenes are longer, I'm told, in the director's cut, which I don't think anyone needs to That's be. That's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. <laughs> um, The longer version has never been broadcast on U.S. Net, net, uh, network television. And funny enough, this was... On the DC Universe app up until when we went to cover this. Yeah. Which was very... I was like, what the hell? It was on there for maybe a little less than a month. And by the time I went to look for it, it was gone. I was, maybe it poisoned the system. I don't know. The film was also nominated for two Razzie Awards, including Worst Actor for Peter O'Toole and Worst Actress mm-hmm. for Faye Dunaway. I'm glad Hannah Slater didn't get knocked about. She did as good as a brand new actress would in that in that she did as good as anyone could have done with that writing. Yeah. Um. Okay, Selena is the birth mother in season three of Rain. I thought Rain was the birth mother of Sam. Yes, but Rain's mother is Selena. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that makes all sense. The dark priest is Selena. Yes, I was like, okay. Well, at least they try to they try to retcon it and make it something that it wasn't. Good old CW there. Yeah. Where does this sit in the pantheon of bad comic book films to you, GT? Oof, that's that's pretty bad. Does but anything I mean... stand out to you as being objectionably worse? Mm. And does it does it also have to? Um, does the drop from Grace also have to do with the, your familiarity with the? Um, no, because I think it's just, I think it's a painful movie either way. Okay. Uh, it's just bad, man. Yeah, it is. Like it's just it's bad movie making. It's bad writing. It's 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 
It's choppy production setup. Yeah. As you said, the movie looked to have completely changed between two scenes. Yes. Um, and it's literally just going from the from both female leads. The whole entire film is just cut between the one set of her house, of, 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 of Faye Dunaway's house, mm-hmm. and wherever school uh, Lisa Lucy Lane thing is at. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything, because the only thing I could think of that was just stupid and dumb is probably, like, that Nick Fury film, but, like, that Nick Fury film was kind of, like, entertaining dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would say Fan Forsyth, but at least Fan Forsyth had Doctor Doom. <laughs> you know, like, at least I know who Doctor Doom is. Who the hell is Selena? Like, even... Everything the, I'm looking up looks like she was created for that movie. Even the shitty Cap film had, had uh, an Italian Red Skull. The shitty, good God. Yeah. You know, like, this this might go down as one of the worst films um, to dealing with a comic book, comic book movie property that we've ever tackled as a part of the Major Issues podcast. It's, it's really bad. It currently uh, holds a 10% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> uh, which is... Dang. Uh, but they said that that Slater was an exceptionally charming Supergirl. So that that there's, I guess somebody's. Uh, I like I said, she looked good on a poster. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, she she, she did what she could, but there's you couldn't do much with that. No one could have did much with anything with that. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's not like you can. It's not the kind of movie where you can. Um, be Raul Julia and just make Bison this incredibly entertaining and engaging character because the writing wasn't there for you to do it anyway. Exactly. And now you're going to just try to do it out of nowhere. So like, like while everything else is super, Raul Julia just makes the, makes whatever, he, what he was given work. Yes. yes. Nobody here has the, has you, the skill or the backup to do it. Yeah. Um, 33 years after the release of this film, the original character of Selena was brought into the comics introduced in Supergirl number 10. What year is this? Uh, 2017. In Supergirl number 10 of Rebirth, hmm. I'm guessing, they introduced Selena. I don't remember. Um, one of the taglines for the film was her first great adventure, but the box office was so disappointing that no sequel was ever made. <laughs> her she last. Was- so she definitely never got her second uh, great adventure. No, she did. Yeah, I mean, I, I ain't nobody sad about that. That's that's uh, ridiculous. Uh, I'm sure uh, Clark. Uh, not, I'm sure Reeves is happier not having his name on it. Linda, Linda Lee, Linda Lee, Linda Lee. Superman, his damn double L uh, <laughs> people. The Linda moniker Lee. that would later be taken on by a uh, red daughter Supergirl on the TV show. Yeah. Uh, so how are you liking Supergirl right now? Supergirl season five. Um, five years. The one episode. <laughs> the one episode. Yes. The one episode. Premiere was interesting. Um, uh, no longer, it, we no longer have a hard right villain. Right? No, we do not. Uh, the Sentinel or Child of Liberty or whatever is yes. is not a thing. The anymore. Children of Liberty are, are dispersed. But um, we introduced Leviathan, which is... Uh, well, we soft introduced Leviathan at the end of last season as like the new big bad. Yep. Which is like a really contemporary concept. Yes. Like they like just started doing Leviathan right in the books. Although, granted, like Leviathan's also an older villain, so I don't know. Like we've, it's been done before, I guess. Um, 
I, I'd never heard of it, but apparently there is a Leviathan in the past. I think it's a character. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, this seems to be a bigger conspiracy thing. It's I'm down with Supergirl. Like last season was really strong. I thought Supergirl has one of the few things that one of the things that very few of the shows currently have, which was a um, ticking time bomb, in the sense of the Lena and Supergirl friendship. Yes. Um, it would have been so easy to just run right into the typical Luthor versus Kryptonian thing. And they were just like, we are going to slow burn this. We are going to make, we are going to make you love them. And we're going to let Jimmy get some. Right. Which is important. Right. You know, these are both of them. Yes. Yes. Our man, James Olsen. He's, we're going to make you love these two before we break your, all of your collective hearts. And that showdown between Lena and, um, Kara, when it, when it does happen in the grander scheme of things, when she completely, dives into the Luther of it all. Mm -hmm. And they have this fight. You would have to think that that, it's going to be what they hoped this film would be. Right. Like, it's going to be at the scale that that, they hoped that this film would be. I think that poses a question in a sense, because um, we talked about off-air that uh, The Flash has never been able to really reach the creative heights that it had after season one with Reverse Flash. Right. And Reverse Flash is arguably uh, Barry Allen's seminal, like, villain, rogue or whatever you want to call it. Is there something to be said for, especially years ago, the Flash going straight for the Reverse Flash and his most well-known villain and Supergirl deciding we're going to take our time for five seasons to get that big? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the jo- It's like when you do Joker as the first villain of Batman. Right. It's like, well, Where do you go that's from out there? of the way. Now what? <laughs> now what do you, you know? Now you have to build up something else from scratch. Mm-hmm. Where know? it's cool that they're building up Lena almost the, from scratch. The first New 52 Justice League book is Darkseid. <laughs> and the thing is, like, who the hell knows Nan? Right. Nobody. No one knows Nan. So you spend your time with Nan building, while you're getting ready to build up uh, for, for the Luthers. And, and like, they, they tease it. They, they tease it a lot. They tease the idea that, like, Maybe she will uh, reconcile with her mother and, and, and do stuff with um, her. Um, maybe the Lex relationship will turn her in some way. Maybe some other thing will inspire Lena to, you know, to break bad, turn bad, as they say. But she is steadfast for the, for the majority of this show. And they build strongly that deep friendship between Supergirl or Cara Danvers and Lena Luthor up until just recently. So it's like, whatever they... I, I, I'm pretty sure they're trying to go for, for a great payoff, and whatever it is, like, it has been earned. Right. They and have th- worked for it. That's the biggest thing I feel like about this property, about what's going on with Supergirl, is that everything that they're going through right now, all the fans that she's gathered, her, inclu- in, her inclusions into all of the uh, crossovers... Um, like, she's earned her spot in this Arrowverse. She's definitely earned her spot amongst the other leaders of their own shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's definitely brought in a bunch of new fan... Uh, a bunch... Uh, a different fan base that didn't understand that character, didn't know that character now. Yes. Do you see, if they create this um, this 2020 Supergirl film, uh, or start, start working on it in 2020, do you think it will be more of a take on the CW's version 
or do you think they go back to the well again? And I try think to they go back it? to the well again. Okay. I think they, I, I, especially because like movie people are movie people, and they always yeah. have their own, uh, their own ideas, and like every, uh, the difficulty of getting a director sometimes is just like, like the director has a vision. Yeah. You know, it, it, and most times it will not align with what you understand from the source material, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is nothing like the source material, and it's gangbusters. Um, C- C- Captain Marvel uh, condenses so much source material into two hours and makes it work. Yeah. You know? Uh... To to give what is a slightly slightly original but still slightly faithful um, story, um, Black Panther is kind of all over the place, but yeah, but I think Black Panther also gets the benefit of being of uh, the majority of its origin story is told in Civil War. That too. So would if you were to make if you were to be somebody in on the on the writing or development of this sort of uh, Supergirl thing, film, yeah, would you? Would you start her off from the very beginning, like she just landed, and we're dealing with fish out of water, Kara? Does it? Do we start off where the show starts off, where she's been a couple years on Earth already, and she's being pulled into her responsibility as Supergirl? Um, where do you? Where, what do you think is the best course of action in telling this story? Because this is not a, a character with easy history, with easy continuity. You know, it's not a character that um, all that stuff works necessarily. Um, so when you're introducing her to the for the first time. You gotta come correct. So which I say, way would you do it? I would say, and like, maybe it's maybe this is a uh, an odd take, but I would say you start with a hot open. Yeah. If you want to do that, because you can't, you almost can't do super. It's it's almost like saying like it's almost like saying. Um, Fox wanted to put out an, an X-23 movie, and it's like, okay, how do you make an X-23 right, movie right, right. without referencing Logan at some point? Yep. Venom. Venom, it, Venom. Right, right, right. Venom. And, it, and it's not to say that you can't just, like, just wipe the slate and say that, um, well, instead of making Logan, they made uh, this girl. Yeah. The first time, or right. whatever, right? Which then changes everything. Which changes everything about her, really, yeah. Yeah. Um, I say if you really want to take that chance on Supergirl, then you may as well have the balls to do it. Uh, you go in with a hot open and a big battle with Superman and Supergirl in a, in a fight. Some Kind of like I, how Sue Season 2 started? Um, to a degree, yes, and you I'd say that plane crash. and I'd say use something, just just use something big. Um, even though it's got, even though it's got a weird rep now, I'd even argue you can use Doomsday because, listen, a lot of people might be upset about this. Doomsday is not a movie, no, because Doomsday is not a character. He's a plot. It is a blunt object. He's a plot. That's all he, he's literally there to defeat. Okay, that's it. If you want to tell yourself that, like, what, what, what like, there's a whole thing with Doomsday that. Doomsday doesn't say anything. It's not a character. It is a thing that hits Superman, and Superman hits it back till it falls. Yeah. So you can say to me that uh, you can do the death of Superman in the beginning of the movie, and that Supergirl ends up taking up the mantle from there, and then you just do a nice little time jump. 
So you start off the movie hot. Think in the sense that Man of Steel starts off kind of hot because there's the battle of Crypt. There's a little battle between Zod and Jor-El on Krypton. Dragons, weird dragonfly people. Dragonflies, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was beautiful though. Yeah, it was. You start off hot. There's a big fight. Doomsday kills. Uh, Doomsday kills Superman, or just or Superman just dies in the process from some sort of poisoning. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, there's so many ways you could do it. And Supergirl takes over the mantle, and it jumps a few years later, and she's like. She's still accepted by the public, but there's also people who just still see her as, like, um, a, sh- a shell of what her cousin was. Yeah. Is he still on Earth? Uh, <laughs> no, he's dead. <coughs> we killed him in the first scene. <coughs> Sorry. Ugh. Yeah. Not meant, like, he's still in the minds of the people on Earth. Like, he's, oh, still, yes. he's still very much the, the martyr. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the memory of Superman is still kind of there, and it's something she has to deal with. Because we didn't really deal with that. We kind of dealt with that in BVS, but kind of not. Of like, we loved him. We, we, we kind of hand waved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it'll be even harder because it'll be very much like what uh, Sam is going to be dealing with with Captain America. Where it's like there's a, very, there's a very prominent uh, image in people's heads of who that character is. Yes. So how then do you. Because come not, up not only is he a superhero, but he was a historical figure first. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, villains. Um, that one I'm not sure about. <laughs> Brainiac, maybe. I guess you could just do the do the Bottle City. Uh, you could do that. Uh, if you do that, I would say you go with what is the injustice styled storytelling, or like injustice the, two. And uh, partly injustice two, partly Superman Brainiac from the Jeff Johns one, where yeah. Brainiac was the one responsible for the stealing of Argo City. Yeah. Um, that opens up some interesting doors because I you feel can... like you would have to make Superman almost a villain in, in a Brainiac thing, right? Like he would have to be like co-coerced, or or is that more the Dark Side Apocalypse? Um, that's more the Dark Side. That's more yeah. That's Superman Batman Apocalypse where they that's where coerce that's Kara where it... into being slutty yes. Kara. Yeah, for the Metal Kara. Right, right, right. That's what they, she she becomes Metal Kara. Yeah. Um, no, that was like you could just defeat Brainiac. Yeah, you know. Unless you, wanna, unless you want to be real real creepy about it, where Brainiac, like, <laughs> uses, you know, the freaking reanimated corpse of Superman to, to punch her in the face with. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oof, that's, that's wild. Which would, which would still be the second weirdest reanimation we saw this year. But I think, even though... Even if you want to say that Brainiac is a Superman villain, like, really, he's just, like, a Kryptonian villain, and there's a tie in there between the story of Brainiac taking Supergirl's city. So you're taking her I mean, home. So like there's there, there there's a personal stake there to where Superman to where Supergirl wants to defeat Brainiac because of this thing she took. He took from her. Yeah. And like maybe her family is still in there. You know, maybe not. Or you just bring in Rogo's R, right? Shut up. Say uh, such uh, things uh, to uh, me. Uh, much hated, much feared Kryptonian uh uh uh, Raider. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe you do New Krypton. Or, or maybe you do the Thor thing where, like, um, uh, Asgard is just somewhere in Boston, Oklahoma. <laughs> well, I just read the whole, the the first uh, volume of her comic where um, Which one? her father. Oh, yes, that one. Right. Her father yes. was, like, the Eradicator. Oh, the cyborg, the cyborg Superman. Cyborg Superman is a weird cyborg Argo. Yeah. You know, her family's there and they're weird cyborg people. Yeah, I, read, I just read all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that was a rough start for that book. But yeah, that was about it. And even that book, 
at its most rough was not as rough as Superman. Oh, sorry, Supergirl, nineteen eighty four. So if you haven't seen it, then you were just sitting sitting here listening to us chop up about a film that's so ridiculous that you couldn't even be bothered to watch it. Uh, and if you have seen it, then you know, thank you for braving it with us along this entire time because Ooh, it's been boy. one hell of a one hell of a coverage of this film here. But I want to thank everybody who's been listening so far. Uh, we're edging up on episode 100. We're getting closer and closer hey, hey. to episode 100. So thank you guys for listening to all the episodes that you guys have. If this is your first episode, thank you for listening. And you can find us wherever podcasts are found. That's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, um, where, where, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, <laughs> uh, Stitcher, I said already, the Google Podcasts. Um, Literally, wherever you, you can find a podcast, we're on there. The easiest way to find us is to go to Google and type in Major Issues into the little search bar there, Major Issues Podcast. You type in those three words, we'll be the first ones to pop up because we are the latest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. We're here to chop it up about all those things, comics, uh, movies, casting news, memes. We do it all on the various social media platforms that we have. And if you want to get in contact with us, all you have to do is go to Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click. Or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. All of that is in the show notes. Um, yeah, uh, but you guys. This was a painful one. Yes, it was, and I'm oh, still man. I'm still falling a little ill, so I'm I'm just trying to trying to trying to get across this finish line here. But the lastly, if you guys can do us the most. Uh, the most special thing you could do for the Major Issues podcast is to rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you guys like, what you don't, and how do we can improve. Uh, this show is moving into episode 100, and we want to make sure that it is the very best thing to come to comic books and comic book media. I've been to the future. I can't tell you guys how we become the, the media conglomerate that we do <laughs> because it will mess up. But jump on the bandwagon while there's still seats left. All our numbers are doing astronomically. We're doing well all across social media. Our downloads are, are, are uh, up and coming as part of the Major Issues podcast. Just keep doing what you do. Like, share, and subscribe. Spread the news. Find others that, that either like our opinions or don't. We'll sit here and argue with you. That's the best part of the Major Issues podcast is that we can I all be heard. I argue with everyone. Yes. <laughs> we can all be heard. So make sure that you're heard. Make sure that you're sending in your feedback. Make sure that you are following us at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. Um, and following uh, Greg on Twitter at... At WeBirthGT. There you go. Come argue with me about the Young Bucks or about Superman. I still say Man of Steel is the best. Suck it. Oh, I mean, we're going to have the last of... We got, literally, we got Crisis around the corner. Uh, the CW shows are starting back up. It's got all the Superman. The, you know, uh, uh, Umbrella Academy is coming soon, um, uh, season two. Harley Quinn that. is showing up uh, in Birds of Prey. Literally, the properties won't stop, so you know the casts won't stop. So you got to make sure that you're in, you're with the click, and you are chopping it us with, chopping it up with us every single Wednesday. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. My name is Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. And this has been our Supergirl 1984 uh, 35 35th year anniversary recap and review. And remember, whether or not you know what the heck an Omega Hedron is. 
whether or not you were supposed to be taking care of your cousin and you fell asleep and when you woke up, they became a full-grown man. Whether or not you want to live in Argo, National City, Candor, or any other place like Krypton, remember that you don't have to see this Supergirl movie to be super because you, yes you, are worthy.